A year ago tonight, we said farewell to Brian Marbach, the former host of Review and Preview. Tonight marks one year since his final show. On behalf of myself, my co-hosts, and everyone at WCWP, we thank Brian for everything and giving me the opportunity to take over his reins as the host of WCWP's longest-running sports talk show. Over seven years strong, this is Review and Preview. This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. special night it is that is correct welcome to review and preview folks i am your host tom scavetta join alongside mike dawes chris klimazowski james montefusco and welcome back to our very own kyle russo hey guys how are we doing <laughs> we are doing very well thank you for returning oh no problem no problem Been waiting a long time to get back in the seat a quick reminder uh yes tonight's host uh tonight's show is dedicated to former host brian marbach also a shout out to the preceding host Johnny Montalbano before Brian. Um, you can follow us on our new Twitter account. Review and Preview is our Twitter. We created one last Friday night. So if you have not followed us already, go ahead. And also we are on Instagram at Review and Preview. We are broadcasting on MyWCWP and Facebook Live. And we are podcasting as well on Apple Play, Google, iTunes. If you want to take part in our show, call in with your questions, thoughts, comments. We'll take whatever you got. 516-299-2030 is our call-in number. So, um, what's hot, what's new in sports, what's breaking? Let's start the show off with breaking news. NBC's Bob Costas uh, is no longer part of NBC. Him and then, uh, Bob Costas, Bob Costas and NBC, uh, they quietly part ways. This kind of flew under the radar. There really wasn't much spin or talk about it. Uh, you know, this, he was with the company for at least 30 years. And NBC and Bob, they reached a settlement to terminate his contract that ran through 2021. Thoughts? Mike? He's a, he's a legendary broadcaster, so wonder what his next move is. Yeah, you know, I actually had the privilege to meet him in person um, in New York City a couple of years ago. I sat in the first row at one of his talks with um, Frank DeFord. So it was a pleasure to meet him. Uh, Chris, now, you grew up watching... Bob Costas on NBC, CBS. What are your thoughts on him and NBC parting ways? Uh, such like, it just it just happened. Yeah, that, like you just said, it just happened. Like you don't really like know like why it happened or any like you didn't hear any rumors or anything leading up to it. Like Bob Costas was going to leave. Bob Costas is a household name in the broadcasting energy industry. He's like Al Michaels, uh, even now Joe Buck, everyone knows Maddie. these guys. Everyone knows these guys' names. Like, and Bob Costas is that big of a legend that it's kind of shocking to see that NBC is letting go of him. Yeah, they started cutting his uh, uh, minutes on CBS. I know he does a sports talk show, and the plan is for him to call. I think it's about twenty to thirty uh, or host basketball games coming up. So, you know, I know his numbers are down. Uh, He's a bit older, but so are a majority of these famous broadcasters. He, uh, a big staple for a very long time. I actually know his daughter, um, Taylor Costas. So, yeah, this is kind of sad in a way, but it opens a door. It opens opportunity. And plus thinking, Bob, we wish you the best. All right, so 
Block 1B tonight consists of college football. Now, we're, gonna, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but um, the rumor of transfers knocking on the door. There have been moves this week. Um, of course, Kyler Murray declares for the NFL draft. He will not go the baseball route, at least at this time. Uh, Brandon Wimbush, former Notre Dame quarterback, transferring to UCF for his final year of eligibility. He will be eligible next year. Wimbush playing also with another Notre Dame transfer on UCF, offensive lineman and redshirt junior Parker Boudreau. Thoughts on Brandon Wimbush? Chris, I know you do because he was our starting quarterback for about two years. Yeah, I mean, look, I was really never a fan of this guy as a starting quarterback. When I saw he came into the when he got recruited by Notre Dame, he was part of the um, Elite 11. I'm pretty sure he was the MVP of the Elite 11, if not top three quarterback in that. So I was like, You're right. yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, we got, this is going to be our guy. I can't believe we got him. Comes in, he really never took Notre Dame by by the horns and like led them into into the right direction. Didn't I mean, pan out. Yeah, it didn't pan out. I mean, you saw it even at the beginning of this year. Yeah, he came in. He came in, started the season, beat Washington, um, Michigan, excuse me. But then the next two games were against scrub teams, and we're, Notre Dame's almost losing to them on the back that Brandon Wimbush can't play, can't isn't really good at quarterback. He can't handle the pressure of being the starting quarterback he for couldn't. such a prestigious university. Exactly. Yeah. Then Ian Book comes in, and you, the doors were blown off for the Irish offense, and they took you know, Ian Book took him to the whole next level, but. I wish Brandon Wimbush all luck at UCF, and uh, who knows who knows what's going to happen now. Yeah, no, he did it a very classy way. Shout out uh, former co-host Tommy Mack, tuning in on Facebook Live. Um, yeah, Brandon Wimbush was not the only transfer. Uh, Jalen Hurts, former Alabama starter, um, I think he did this the most classy way, saying he also has one year of eligibility left. He will transfer to the Oklahoma Sooners. Kyle Russo, I know you... Um, follow Alabama very closely. Talk about um, Hertz's experience in Alabama and how that could transpire to you know a big Big Twelve rival team in the Oklahoma Sooners. Well, listen, anybody that has the opportunity to sit under Nick Saban for uh, Jalen Hurts, I believe, was with the program for about two, three years. Was this his third year? I believe. Correct. So three years under Nick Saban's mind is tremendous. Now we know what Jalen Hurts's abilities are, and that's running as a quarterback. That's what he was mostly dominant as as the starting quarterback for Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now you get to play for Oklahoma and play for Lincoln Riley, who develops quarterbacks and allows them to go pro and helps them, influences them tremendously. So Jalen Hurts is, in my opinion, he, he's going to the perfect school for himself and to possibly even become pro. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts also has a national championship under his belt. Uh, first team All-SEC in his true freshman campaign back in 2016, which, you know, he has the ability, you know, and he's also a public relations major, a little fun fact about him, uh, not too far off the broadcasting communications range. Um, Yeah, so, you know, he was fun to watch for Alabama. It'll be interesting to see what he does at Oklahoma. Now, speaking of Alabama, obviously they lost to Clemson in the national championship. It was not even close. Um, Now, Mike, this question goes to you. U.S. President Donald Trump invited Clemson football, the team, to a proper meal. Um, This was following a fast food lunch. I believe it was Burger King with Donald Trump. And then Michael Strahan, um, former Giants stud defensive lineman, uh, 
says we need to give these guys a proper meal. Yeah, um, I saw the uh, the pictures on the internet, him just standing there with all the uh, fast food items. <laughs> I thought, I mean, you know, what was it like 70, 80 people on the team, including coaches? Even more probably? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of food. So he went the the dollar burger route. <laughs> Can't hate it. What do you guys think? I don't. I mean, I, everyone's making a big deal over. It's I really, not a big deal. It's not. Yeah, it's really not a big deal. But everyone's like, and even like you just said, Michael Strahan's like, oh, I need a proper meal. Who cares? The game. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, if the if the president was to give me a salad for free, I'd be like, yeah, give me the salad, man. I don't really care if it's fast food or not. Like, right. yeah, you should just be honored to go to the White House and that Donald Trump invited you and everything like that. That's right. that's the real honor. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Make people feel entitled to something. You're, yeah. you're thankful for what you're given. You yeah. Know? yeah, exactly. Uh, but listen, I'm listen. They once earned in a while, this fast food meal. Once in a while, I'm appreciative of Big Mac. But come on, national champs, I get a Big Mac. At least give me a quality for free, for free though. But come on, for free though. Kyle, listen, Rus- it was fun. I have no problem with Kyle. It. It's just, I Kyle it Russo, funny. is there jealousy setting in at all? Yeah, I didn't get a Big Mac for free. <laughs> um. A quick reminder, uh, former host of Review and Preview, Brian Marbach, will be calling in tonight. We expect him to call around the 7.30, 7.35 range. Um, so that should be very interesting. We will talk some Giants football with him. Now, talking about these draft prospects, uh, James, there's a lot of defensive players. Uh, the top ten on the big draft board are all defensive players. Is this a new trend happening or is this just the year for defense? I think it's just the year for defense. We looked at it last year and last year's lineup was the year for quarterbacks. So I think it's the year for defense. I think it's just that a wave just happens through the progression of college football. And last year we saw as all QBs. This year I feel like it's going to be more uh, defensive linemen. Um, I think it's much needed in the NFL. I from this season of what we saw, mainly two dominant players between Darnold and Mack, some guys coming fresh out of college right. may have an impact like them. Chris Dawes, your New York Jets pick number three. Who do they pick, or do they trade back? I'm all for This is what I got for scenarios. First scenario, if Nick Bosa is there, draft Nick Bosa. That's the only defensive guy the Jets should be looking at. Two. If you don't trade back, you got to draft an offensive lineman, whether it's Jonah Williams or Greg Little. Three, do trade back. You still got to draft an offensive lineman. Either way, if you're not if you're not seeing Nick Bosta, it's got to be an O lineman. Let's let's spark some fire in your analysis here a little bit. Bosa barely played the season. Do you think oh, that will affect his draft prospect? Well, here we do go because it's got to be brought up. It doesn't have to be brought up. He's healed. He's 110 percent. Some would say, and I don't want to trade back because his GM has proved he can't draft. I don't want him to get more picks. What about that? He can draft in the first round. Okay, we're not. Okay, congrats. He could pick guys sixth overall. Jerry, Jerry Reese could also draft in the first yeah, round, I mean, to, yeah, to be fair. Do. I mean, can he? He drafted Eric Flowers. Oh, no, Beckham, though. Yeah. I, it was, is that the only bright spot? I mean, kind of. Collins. It's a, it's a super Collins. bright spot. Well, Collins, <laughs> excuse me. Collins, Collins was second. round two. Yeah, second he was round the trade. first pick of the second round. That was his other good move. But, um, yeah, Nick Bosa could be a potential target if he drops. Does Kyler Murray potentially go number one? Does he go in that top five? No. I hope no. so. I think, think so? he will. I no. think he will. He's the classic, he'll throw good in shorts going up into the draft. And teams will <laughs> freak just, out. We don't know how tall he actually is. We'll find out at the combine. But, you know, 
I know when we talk about quarterbacks and height, obviously the taller you are, the better. But guys like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, are these just a couple few exceptions of short quarterbacks playing at such a high level? Can Kyler Murray play in the NFL at his size? I mean, he sure did it at Oklahoma. But remember, the NFL guys, these guys are much faster, much bigger. Is he going to be able to compete at the same level he did? Um, I don't think so because he's not going to go against Big 12 defenses. I mean, they don't play a lick of defense in that conference. And now, I do think he will get drafted high, though, because, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, he said he'd, he'd draft the number one if he had the pick. Well, that that's just Cliff Kingsbury being a clown. I mean, Josh Rosen's yeah. still a great prospect to have, and I think they'd be fools to draft Kyle Murray with the first pick, overall pick. But I think, I think Kyle Murray can succeed in the NFL I don't think right away give him like a year or two to develop into himself and then he'll be good he what I look at when I look at Kyle Murray he's just a smaller less like muscular Russell Wilson I think he's that Some strong words right there Mike I think yeah. he I think he, he can be very good if he's taught right and I think if Clink, if Cliff Kingsbury wants to solidify himself as a good head coach you dev, I mean not Cliff King I don't know why I said Cliff Kingsbury um Adam Gase Adam Gay or whoever drafts whoever it is yeah whoever gets him they have they have to teach him and they have to make sure you while he watches the right film and he gets developed into a great guy because this him being five nine or five ten whatever his height is is not helping him whatsoever. Now you brought up Aaron Gase, uh, Adam Gase, excuse me. Let, let's let's dive into the Jets here. Um, he had his opening press conference, and oh, it was eye-opening. this guy looks eye opening. Talk, talk about <laughs> it. It's scary to look at like yeah. i mean yeah james has the expression on his face right there like listen man what i are was your thoughts on adam gase i was sick kyle russo it, i was sick and it was proven true laughter is the best medicine that that made me funny. laugh for hours hours really constantly funny. i'm happy that our quarterback is no longer the i'm happy that eli manning is no longer the meme in new york it's now listen it's in competition this goes up there with the butt fumble this goes up there with passing on Demery. This was unbelievable. So funny. Is this a typical Jets move? Yes. It's the safe. Because he has his eyes open a lot? No, because it's the safe move with no ri- no risk whatsoever. Oh, no, there's risk. No, there's no, risk. No, there's the, no the safe move was was going to get Mike McCarthy. That's, the, That's safe. the safe move. That's the safe move, but this is the next step of safetyness, I think, because he was the only coach that got... You can make also the argument that this is risk. This is the only guy that was hired that was an NFL coach last season. It's true. He was the only coach that got fired that also got hired. And you don't see that too often. One out of eight. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I didn't, what do you think about that? I didn't love the move if McCarthy's still sitting out there, but I've grown to be okay with it. I mean, so, so have I. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't like it at first, but I, I'm looking at the positives as Jet fans always should look at the positives and yeah, things. But they never do. This guy. When Ryan Tannehill was healthy, he was he, he, he was playing good. He, this guy finished better than the Jets the past three years. That's a plus sign in general. Okay, well, he I beat hate, the Jets I five hate, times. Yeah, I, know. I it's hate like, that what is argument. That? Like, congrats, you beat Todd Bowles five out of six. Like, like that's a negative wow. right there. That's, yeah, just beat him six out. Of well, six. I mean, to be fair, again, he also did beat New England this season. Yes, yeah, on Bill Belichick's mistake. Hey, so it's a win. No, it's a win. Look. If Miami didn't outplay New England that game, you know, they're not in that situation. You know? So. Yeah. And if New interesting fact, if New England would have won that game, Miami, they this AFC Championship game would be played in Foxborough. Correct. So Bill Belichick having Gronk out might be huge. I don't know what Adam Gase is going to do because all I hear about is that he's not a good 
locker room guy. Especially with all the egos well, in the Jets' locker room. How's he going to deal with the New York media? See, yeah. that's what we're you asking. Know, you already you. just saw it with his first press conference interview. That's how he deals with it. But when it comes to that locker room, there's so many attitudes. I don't know if he's going to be able to handle it. Is there a Especially lot of attitudes in, on the Jets? There's a lot of attitudes. I don't think, I think so. Oh, yeah. On, on the defensive side more so. Uh, I mean, maybe really. Trebane Johnson and Jamal Adams, but I don't even call that attitude. So, yeah, Trebane Johnson. Let's go over Gase's resume here. Um, he used to be a recruiting assistant for LSU. Then he was a scouter. He was a scout for the Detroit Lions. He was also a quarterback's coach of good old uh, Joey Harrington, Sean Hill. Can't forget those guys. <laughs> then he was with Denver for a while. He was their offensive coordinator when the Broncos did win the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. He was the Bears OC. Uh, you know, the last licks of Jay Cutler. And he was the Dolphins head coach for the last three seasons. And now he's with the New York Jets, a 23-25 and 25 record as a head coach, 0-1 in the postseason. He did bring Miami to the playoffs as a wild card team one season. That's what I'm saying. If Tannehill, When Tannehill was healthy, Tannehill was a serviceable quarterback. He looked good. He looked when he was healthy. I mean, yeah, granted he got he was he injured. He 4,000 yards a couple times. Yeah, and, like, I'm going to say it. I don't know if you guys are going to oh, agree with go. me or not. After that playoff season, you it looked for the Dolphins to go in there. Tannehill looked like he was on the verge of becoming an above-average quarterback. He really right. was. Well, Matt Moore played the playoff game in Pittsburgh. I'm saying before he got injured. Okay. Before he got injured, uh, Tannehill looked like he was going to be he was going to break out and become the above-average quarterback that the Dolphins fans were hoping. With the Jets' luck, though, a couple of years from now, let's be real. There's a chance Greg Williams because becomes the interim right. head coach at some point. That's what I'm saying. Like he did in Cleveland. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry to say that, but, I mean, it is a strong possibility. Because at the end of the day, this is the thing with Adam Gase. If you look back to that Miami team that made the wild card game, you know, they had a team at that point. They had an offensive line. Ryan Tannehill was healthy. You had Jarvis Landry. You had Devontae Parker. You had Jay Jahi and Kenyon Drake. You had somewhat of a good defense. The Jets don't have any of those things. But the one thing I will say is this. If they surround Darnold with the proper guys, I feel like Darnold is going to be an upgrade for him over Tannehill in the long run. I think yes. Gase's future with the Jets strongly relies on the shoulders of Sam, I am, hey, Darnold. Yeah, and the Jets, I mean... They, no they, pun intended. They, the Jets got some players on that defense. Plus, they're going to have that $100 million. This is going to be... It's going to sh- I mean, opening day, this, this should be a better team. Me and Dawes talked about this. This coaching signing is going, to ma- is going to make or break the Jets for the next three to five years. It will. This is, this is no, that's more than that. This is more than that. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're stunting the growth of, you're wasting the growth of Sam Darnold if you don't surround him with anything. I, I see, I don't think, I think Darnold's going to develop even, like, without it. Depends on whose QB coach is going to be as well, too. Well, that's to be determined, but. Let's transition over to the defensive side of the ball. The Jets will have a new defensive coordinator in Greg Williams. He was the D.C. for the Browns last season. Um, Took over a team that fired their head coach and their offensive coordinator, and he did a very nice job leading this Browns team with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think, you know, you guys can say what you want about Gase. You can say what you want about Greg Williams and whoever the Jets get as their O.C. quarterback, whoever it is. Greg Williams was the best signing so far in terms of coaches. Absolutely. Better than Gase. Absolutely. Without a doubt. This guy has a very strong resume. A lot of people forget he was the head coach for the Buffalo Bills in the early 2000s, 2001 to 2003. Did you guys know that? I did not. Wow. Didn't know it. Um, Yeah. He was the head coach for the Buffalo Bills for three years. 
And then he was the D.C. for the Redskins, Jacksonville, the Saints, the Rams, the, the Browns. And now he's here with the Jets. Um, look, this is a guy that has, he's 60 years old, um, you know, 20 years older than Adam Gase. He brings experience. He's a man. He brings a lot of these things that you want in terms of your defense because the Jets have a lot of talented defensive, young defensive players. I think they just need a guy that's going to bring them all together with the willingness to compete and fight like they were doing a lot for Bulls. But I think with Greg Williams more focused just towards the defense than Bulls was with the entire team. What are your thoughts on Greg Williams, guys? Um, I really like it because, you know, one thing, him and Jamal Adams, that might be really fun because, you know, those guys are both pretty crazy. And I think with Gase and Williams, uh, they're not going to put up with the penalties anymore. Yeah. So I expect, oh, yeah. I a, lot expect of penalties a huge yeah. drop-off in the, the Jets' just horrendous defensive penalties that cost them three to four games. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this, guys. You might find this funny. The signing of Greg Williams alone will guarantee that the Jets win more than four games next season. You know, me and Dawes were doing it. better win more than four. I mean, me and Dawes were going over it before we, before you guys got here. We're looking at, you know, if the Jets spend the money correctly, draft the right guys, the, Jet, the Jets could win somewhere between around eight games, we were thinking. Yeah, for Why sure. Why is that so for crazy? Sure. Okay, you all you Giants fans in yeah, this room clowns. said the Giants were winning ten games clowns. this year, so get out of here. You don't even want five. Let's get real for Clowns. a second. No, this is the because this, this is the problem. You know why you guys this have is a, not a giant. You know why you guys. You, you, you know why no, you guys have a hundred million dollars in cap space. It builds up all the time because nobody wants to be there, and unless somebody, yeah, they have to do something. No, 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 he's no, no, got a point. Nobody wants. Tremaine Johnson was the best defensive guy on the market last year, and he came to us. And you overpaid, and he's garbage. He's not garbage. He's not. Well, he's not well, and exactly, we overpaid and got him. So the whole that's how the Jets got him. Yeah, I mean, well. If Le'Veon Bell wants to get paid, which is why he did this whole thing, to get paid, not to go to a winning team, he'll be on the Jets. He won't he do be. that, though, because he's smart. He knows that the Colts if have an he, offensive he, line and they no, got no, more no, no. money. If he's smart, he sat out and lost all this money, he'll go to the highest bidder. So, that, so that's why, so that's why Jarvis it Landry went to the Browns to win, right? He didn't go to the Browns. He got traded there. Yeah, he got to the stuff. But Mike McCagnan doesn't do that. Mike McCagnan doesn't, doesn't, doesn't draft do well. He doesn't draft terribly. He exactly. He's well, such a bad GM that he will overpay to get Bell. He'll be like, listen, I got Le'Veon Bell. But that's go ahead, though. Go ahead and open yeah, the bell. I, I'm light, we're lighting a fire. Yeah, That's what we're doing right now. I mean, they're, I, I think that's they will they get have bell. To do. I've said this numerous times on the show. They have to trade in order to get talent because they're not going to draft it, and nobody's going to want to come there. That's, so that's speaking, of guys, speaking of guys that are potential free agents, let's get to the Jets. We're going to go around the horn here. Chris and Mike, it is your time to take the stage. Round one, who stays who goes? Keep them or dump them? We first. start now. James Carpenter. Dump. Dump. Why? He's terrible. And he's always hurt. Well, he's a captain. Hold on. No, he's keep, gone. Keep. <laughs> keep. He's he, a captain. And who? how are we going to get all these new linemen? Bro, are you kidding me? He's going to keep them. Out for this ACL injury, he's 33 years old. We're going to keep him? Yeah, you're right. You know, dump. Back to dump. It would be a Jets move to keep him, though. But they no. should keep him because he's a Here captain. Here we go. Love it. <laughs> no, Love we it. should. No, we should. We can easily make someone else a captain. Next. Make Sam Darnold a captain. Next. Someone else a captain. Ben Ejelana. I know God, I said his yeah, name he, wrong. He's, he's, he's just really bad. He's just dump. a backup. You could replace him. All right. It's no, gone. Brent Cuvalli. Gone. Backup done. Gone. Dakota Dozier. Backup done. Yeah. Done. Clive Walford. Done. We already have two nice tight ends yeah, in, I guess in Chris Herndon fair. and Jordan. That got suspended. Yeah, get him out of here. You know what? Who, suspension? Chris Herndon? No, Clive Walford. We already have we have three serviceable tight ends in Eric Tomlinson, 
Uh, Eric Tomlinson stinks, man. Yeah, Start a few guys day one. That's who you put out on the field week one. Yeah, good thing Hurden and stuff. Yeah, up, but he's but... a good blocker though. So I mean, you got to have that guy. So keep, uh, get so, rid of. So so is Scott Simonson though. Get rid of Clive Walford. I guess every team needs the big blocker. <laughs> this is review and preview, folks. Yeah, get rid of Clive Walford. Next. Stupid name, sure. Andre Roberts. Keep, keep. Give pro this man a pro million dollars. Give this pro man bowler. so much he money. He will be the pro ball kick return specialist for the American AFC? Football yeah. Conference. Richard Matthews. You go first. Get him out of here. Did he even see the field this year? Yeah, but see, this is interesting. This Get him is out interesting. Of here. Get him out of here. Differing views, and I side with Dawes. Keep. Why? Yeah. Because he was a valuable asset for Tennessee. He's a big receiver. Receiver depth, something the Jets don't have. Don't have. The guy didn't even play a down for us yes, this year. Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he what, did. What, he played two plays? Probably like 7 to 10, I think, at least. Get him out of here. He's worthless. He doesn't mean anything worthless. to us. You can get any Joe Schmo off the streets to get, get him. Next, Jermaine Curse. Get him out of here. Keep. How do you get rid of... Why are you cutting all our receivers? What's going on, man? He stinks, man. He had oh, a terrible season now. this year. I mean, because he was hurt. At this rate, it's going to be 11 men on the yeah. So would, would you rather keep Curse or Matthews if you had to pick one, yeah, Chris? If I had to pick one, I'd Curse. I'd rather pick Curse. Smart wow. move. Smart yeah. move yeah. It is a smart move. Uh, Blal Powell. Gone. I mean, a crucial neck injury. He's, I guess you got to. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing 30. I'm only saying gone on the fact that if the Jets do sign Le'Veon Bell, you have Elijah McGuire, who looked good towards the end of the season. He did. And Trent Cannon can be a, is a nice third-string running back. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to turn into anything great, but we don't know that. At times, he was your best offensive weapon this season, and 28 NFL fan bases do not know who this man is. Oh, of course. If you are not surprising. an AFC East team. Next, Josh McCown. <laughs> everyone, everyone you shush. Okay? I want him back. Now as a player, he's twelve million this time. As the as the QB coach, bring him back on the roster. Why would he? He doesn't want to. I doubt he wants to stop earning game checks, and we have a lot of money. Bring him back. Sam seems to how like much him. money are you going to give him this time? Because ten million was yeah, not a big deal. A a I mean, right now, he, right no, now he's Sam Darnold's mentor because there is keep him on the team. Yeah, yeah no they, they, they can't break that up. They really can't. It's not like ten million dollars a lot of money for a quarterback. It's just a going rate. So we just did offense. Okay, let's go to defense. Cut everybody. Doug Middleton. <laughs> keep keep. Yeah. He's, he's a serviceable backup. Special he's, teams pretty good. Yeah. I think Middleton went down early on in the year as well. I think that really hurt you guys uh, in the secondary because he was depth, like you said, Chris, a serviceable guy. Mm. Uh, Steve McClendon. Keep. This is interesting. If they go to a 4-3 with Greg Williams, he's not the type of 4. He's he's the big 3-4 guy. Yeah. He's not the 4-3, so... Yeah, question mark. Is yeah, yeah. I'm gonna actually, yeah, I'm gonna agree with Dawes on that because wow. you don't know if they are gonna go to a four-three. Yeah. So if they go, do you keep them and then trade them in the, when the season starts? Uh, do you I have mean, them start sure, out with like them a and them. then trade them mid-season? Yeah, I mean, sure. you can you can get something like like Mike Dawes said, like a like a sir, like a middle to late round pick. I mean, he is yeah, he is pretty GM old. Just blow the pick, of course. He he is pretty old, but. He is a great leader to have in that locker room, and he's still he's still a good D tackle. Buster screen, Go. cut him, gone. Go. I'll pay for his bus ticket out of here. These people still Ooh. take buses. I don't know. He is he's bad. He's bad. He's bad. Not good. <laughs> he is one of the worst corners I've ever seen. I mean, he life. had a better season on his. This was his probably. Christian. Christian. <laughs> I'm not saying it was good. I'm not saying it was a good season, but it's been his better season in the past couple seasons. And it was a horrendous season. Yeah, it wasn't good. Not good. <laughs> 
Morris Claiborne. Gone. He's even worse. I wouldn't say worse, but yeah, what? gone. He's those. I'll, I'll have a nickname for them. Not New Jack City. How about the penalty bros? <laughs> They're so bad. Yeah. Just countless fourth quarter penalties from the both of them. Tommy the Mac McNamara just stated Buster is the human penalty flag. Yep. <laughs> him, him, Claiborne, <laughs> Tremaine Johnson, and Mike Pinnell are just horrendous people. Get out. All of them. I know they're watching, especially Mike Pinnell. Josh Martin. <laughs> now, he was kind of hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. Get him out of here. Yeah, yeah, shoot. Get out. Get him out of they, here. They had, they had already third down pass rushers anyway. Henry Anderson. Keep. Keep. Can you do it again, though? He had a pretty good season, but is he going to repeat it? Okay, now, and here's the thing, too, because the Jets are still looking for a good pass rusher. Even if they do sign Dexter, I mean Dexter, uh, Demarcus Lawrence or draft Nick Bosa. I wish. Henry Anderson will be a great backup. Fine. Keep. Daryl Roberts. Keep. Ah, man. Also in the penalty brothers. Yeah, but he's but he can play multiple positions. Yeah, like, he played safety. We're a lot of mediocre players here, guys. Well, it's, it's, I wouldn't yeah. say Daryl Roberts is mediocre. He's good. Well... I mean, he gets a lot of penalties, you know, but he's he good. Played, he played good Again, at safety. 28 teams don't know him. Oh, of course not. He's a, like a fourth corner, second strong safety. Whatever, I'll keep him. Whatever. He has nothing better. Brandon Copeland. Keep. Keep. He actually played. He actually well. had a good season. One of our, like, what, two pass rushers? Well, I did this. I did the numbers between uh, Copeland, Hewitt, and... Um, Any crush numbers? Henry. No, who's the other... Uh, outside linebacker Frankie Luvu Frankie Luvu between oh, the three Luvu. of them they all t- combined had 90 plus tackles and wow. l- and He's... like six sacks that's unbelievable Frankie that... Luvu undrafted yeah, exactly so I mean it, it, the rotation they had was good but I mean you can't they can't keep a rotation going you still need yeah some, I, I want some stars up in yeah here. I was gonna say we need, we need an outside Neville linebacker Neville Hewitt yeah I mean he, just he, he, played well. he played well he played well he played well yeah he played decent I want some stars though Last but not least, Jason Myers. Keep. This man's a man's a pro bowler. Pro bowler. He's not. I I know for sure he's missing too many kicks next year. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess I would keep him because I keep him. He did well, but watch out. Oh, I you didn't mention one name. I know me and Dawes both agree on this guy. Lock Edwards. Lock Edwards. Gotta go. He's one of the worst punters go. in NFL history. He stinks. He's yeah. up there with Matt Dodge. He's awful. Oh. He just can't punt inside the 20. He just refuses. And he's got a dumb name. The golden foot, they call it. On that note, we will step aside for a quick break, and we will get to the New York football giants. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Quavo! Lifestyle on camera. $100,000 chandelier. They tried to turn me to an animal. But white people think I'm radical. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. The show tonight is dedicated to Brian Marbach, and speaking of Brian Marbach, he just called in, and Brian is now on the line. Brian, how's it going? Good, Tom. Thank you very much for having me on. I can't believe it's been a year already. Yes, it has been a year. Did you hear our intro for you? Yes, I did. I I, I appreciate that. You know, I miss you guys. I miss being at the studio, but uh, all good things do come to pass. Um, quickly to get right into it, I think I just texted you. So, Chris, are you guys down to a 30-man roster now? I mean, you look. You cut every player on the Jets roster. <laughs> look, the Jets had a terrible season. You got to get rid of the bums who played who played bad. You got to get rid of the bums. You sure did, but, you know, I mean, you, you're down to a 30-man roster now. I mean, look, we got to start fresh. I mean, we got the new we got the new coach. We still, we still got a young quarterback. Let's, let's start it all over and get get it going. Brian, so, um, <laughs> Brian, uh, 
Does Saquon Barkley deserve Offensive Rookie of the Year? Most definitely. I think bar none, he was as advertised, if not better. Um, and I really like what the Giants did because they didn't overuse him. Yeah. He took a lot of series off. Um, the combination between him and Goldman, Goldman filled in very, very admirably. Guys on I Facebook. I like how they rested him on, uh, on even some, you know, key possessions in, in the fourth quarter. You know, they gave him rest. But uh, he's a Hall of Fame running back if he stays healthy for the next eight years, bar none. And, you know, I, I really, really think it's only been one season, but we could be looking at one of the top five running backs to, to play this game. His yeah. physical tools are second to none. And, uh, you know, I really don't, uh, I really don't, you know, it, it, he's pretty much, in my opinion, got a locked up. Yeah, so very strong words for Saquon, Brian. Uh, Facebook viewers, watchers, if you want to hear what Brian is saying, please tune into mywcwp.org. Um, Brian, uh, you know, last year on the show, your farewell show, it was you, me, Chris, who was also here tonight, Tommy Mack, who is watching live, and Greg Vavernick. Now we have a new crew of five. Um, what are your thoughts on the past year of Review and Preview? Well, I think you guys have done a great job. You know, I really like the last segment that you just did, you know, Keep them or cut them. Um, you know, I like that. You know, and always remember, it, it, it's Sports Talk Radio. You know, you, you have to have some fun and a little controversy, and you always got to stir that pot up. Yeah. You know, well, so don't forget to rile the boys up, Tom. You know, <laughs> I was always pretty good at uh, stirring that pot. Me and Tommy McNamara used to have some great debates. And, uh, yeah, you guys have done a great job. Um, you know, I thoroughly miss it. Maybe uh, in the near future, the next month or two, I can get in and uh, – Come on the show for yeah. a, a little guest appearance. Um, we'll get a little time off. So one thing that I wanted to, to, to point out to you, we you talking about the Giants, Tom, is you know, when you think about it, to me the biggest question the Giants have to figure out this offseason, they have to get back to winning ways. Yeah, I think at least three or four times with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, they blew the lead. They were in a lot of games. There was a lot of wins there for them. But you, you, you kind of just watching the game going, here we go again. The Giants are going to yeah. let up the lead. And, you know, they did that time and time again. And I think that going into the offseason with, 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 of course, the offensive line and, and getting some uh, maybe better linebacker play and getting a pass rush, mm -hmm. to me, that's Shermer's biggest concern is he has, to, he has to get that, you know, get their confidence back to close out games in the fourth quarter. Do you agree that that was their, probably their biggest – wonder this entire season i couldn't agree more i think the giants had one of the smallest margins in the nfl between five and eleven and like nine and seven or ten and six because the giants are very easily could have been a playoff team this season if they patched the holes on their offensive line which they only did to a certain extent and now this leads me to ask you this um what are your thoughts on eli manning does he return next year does he start for the giants because right now to me at least it's not looking like there's a better option out there Exactly. I mean, you know, all these haters and naysayers say he's got to go. Who are, you, who are you going to replace him with? I can guarantee you that if you replace Eli Manning and whoever you replace him with, you're going to wish you had Eli back. Yeah, I There's completely not a lot agree. Of options. There's not a lot of options in the NFL. If Haskins, from the quarterback from Ohio State, happens to fall low enough for the Giants to pick him, you pick him, but I still think he's a year away. Um, or at least half a season away. 
I don't think there's any doubt in you know my mind. Eli did not play that badly this year. He didn't. He's a little gun shy. Yeah. You know, if you go out and you get offensive linemen, you protect them better. I think you'll see a little bit of a more confident Eli. He still there. he still has winning in him, and it's a shame because the organization wasted his prime years, and you start to see it now. He's sitting here at 38, and yeah, his place uh, starting to digress a little bit. But you look. And at the number six pick, um, this is a very defensive-oriented draft. You talked about uh, losing a lot of games late due to defensive struggles. Um, you know, in our, one of our starting safeties, Curtis Riley, actually led the NFL in missed tackles this season. Um, <laughs> yes, Chris, Yeah, he had a couple he of real bad ones, too, so especially at the end of the year. You're talking about taking Haskins. Wouldn't you rather take a defensive player to help out this defense? Because, look, yeah, Betcher, a new D.C. coming in, and there's more defensive players available than offensive linemen at the sixth pick in round one. So who do you take if you're number six? I don't think you take Haskins. I really don't. You know, that, that, that's a great question, Tom. At some point in time, I think the Giants are going to have to look at drafting a quarterback. Yeah. The question is, do they want to waste a high draft pick? You know, this is a New York market. This is a win now. What have you done for me today? Not what you did yesterday. The organization wants to win a win now for the fans. Yeah. So, but at some point in time, you have to think of a quarterback. They didn't go the quarterback route last year. And uh, I still think that's going to go down as a smart move. Um, we'll taking be Barkley. talking about, you know, yeah. take, taking Barkley over all the quarterbacks probably for the next five to ten years. But uh, I really think that they got that right. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're, they're big Tommy Mack may say yeah. otherwise, but I think we got that right for sure. Um, uh, to- totally. You know, and the biggest thing going in is, is yes, they need offensive linemen. But Shermer and the Giants, you know, and Shermer said time and time, and time again, he will take the best player available, now, not the best player for their needs. And that's a, t- that's a typical Giants thing to do, take the best player available, not player of your needs. And that's what they did last year. They took Barkley. They, they did need a running back. To, they needed a running back last year much more than they did quarterback, if you think about it. Because, you know, the holes Barkley found behind that offensive line, Wayne Goldman and Jonathan Stewart were not finding those holes. Now, Brian, I want to pitch a scenario back to you here before we let you go um, and get your final thoughts. Back in 2004, when the Giants drafted Eli Manning, Kurt Warner, who they brought over from free agency, was the starter for about eight games. The Giants were 5-3, and three, but Kurt Warner was also sacked 39 times in those eight games. And the Giants lost that season, but three years later, Eli Manning was hoisting a, a Lombardi Super Bowl trophy. Do you think that they should do the same here with Eli? Because I think it's a little bit different from the Kurt Warner situation because Eli's been with this organization for 15 years as where Warner wasn't. So, you know, you get the reference I'm making? You remember the 2014? Of course I do. Listen, there, there is no better options out there. Who, who are you two big quarterbacks on the free agent market? Nick Foles. Teddy Bridgewater and Nick Foles. Nick Foles is not your answer. Nick Foles is a system quarterback. He gets the ball out quick. Agreed. But I, I'm still not, you know, I, I, I am still, if I remember correctly last year, on on the broadcast, I said the Eagles were going to get destroyed in the playoffs because of Nick Foles. And we did and eat our words on up. that. Yeah, and I ate my words, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm not going to sell Nick Foles short. No. I just think that Eli Manning by far is still the best choice out there. Agreed. Um, and 
He is gun-shy for good reason. But the bottom line is the NFL has changed, and you do need some type of a mobile quarterback. You do. So going in the future, I think that's what the Giants need to develop. But for the next season or two, keep Eli. And there's one other thing you know that I want to point out. Sure. This whole trade Beckham deal, that's not happening. They did not lock him up to a long-term contract to trade him. I hate all those rumors. You look at the Antonio Brown situation, Eli, um, you know, Beckham may have his problems, but when he goes on the field, he goes to play. Yeah. And he plays hard. And he sure does. You don't get that from Brown. So, to me, I don't want to hear any more questions about Beckham leaving. He's staying, and then – I, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guarantee you say he's not going anywhere. Odell does some crazy things, but if you think about it, he's starting to get more straight edge, uh, more straight edge than Antonio Brown, as where he won't make as big of a fool out of himself as what he used to do. There's still times where he has his moments, but he knows that, you know, he is not the top guy of this organization yet. And even when you are, you know, you should still just be one of the guys. And I think Odell is slowly starting to learn how to be one of the guys. I don't think he's there yet, but I think when you're under guys like Eli and Shermer, um, as Tommy Mack is saying, we're nuts for talking about this right now, how not taking a quarterback last year. Um, I think well, Shermer and Eli Tommy are Mack starting. <laughs> it is a typical Tommy Mack answer, which is why we love Tommy Mack, because he brings excellent color to the show. Uh, we miss him as well. Uh I just think that Tom Coughlin couldn't do it, Odell's rookie year, his first two seasons. McAdoo couldn't do it. And I do think Shermer's – I think the reason why there is a rush for a lot of Giants fans to take a quarterback is because Shermer's future will probably rely and lean on the quarterback of the future. And when you're a new but head I... coach like this, I understand why, but my counterargument to that is Eli still has game left in him, you know, yeah, you look at the, the quarterback class is obviously better next year, but I understand you don't want to play for a draft pick next year. You want to win next year. Of course you want to win next year. Um, yeah, but what are your final thoughts on that? I will be shocked if the Giants select the quarterback this year with the number one pick. Wow. That, that's my thought. Wow. I think that, that Schumer is saying, I, know, I don't whether disagree. I think, you know, uh, Haskins may be the only wild card if he's there. He might be tempted to take him, but I don't see Schumer taking a quarterback because – he just with the point that you just made. Eli still has time in him. You know he's still, uh, you know, one of the probably top twenty, thirty quarterbacks to play this game yes. ever. No, and he That's still it. has game in him. And you're not going to find any replacement. And if we have to live with another quarterback, I can guarantee the New York fans will be wishing for Eli back very quickly. You know when that day does come. Um, so I day. would be yeah. very shocked if they take a quarterback. The one red flag in this scenario is Big Dave. That's the only red flag uh, is Dave Gettleman. So, uh, you know, hopefully that does not um, conflict with Eli. I mean, look, he's one person, but he has a lot more power than everyone else that is saying keep Eli. So we'll see how that transpires. Brian Marbach, this is calling in from the Hampton Bays. Any final thoughts you have before we let you go? Well, final thoughts are, you know, Giants need to learn how to close games better going into this weekend. Uh, I'm rooting for the Saints. Um, I'm rooting for some good football games. But Yo, games same. <laughs> have, not been, have not been very exciting. Um, I'm very interested to see the weather now is, is kind of changing. It's going to be, you know, a tad warmer in Kansas City. And I actually think that helps Kansas City 
I think the colder it is, it helps the Patriots. Yeah. I think, yes, Kansas City has home field advantage, but the colder it is, I think it would help the visiting team. Patriots have been playing outside, they said, all week long, all season long. So I'm looking forward to that. And the Saints-Rams, I don't look to it for it to be a track meet. I think it's going to be a little more of a defensive battle than people think. And uh, I am picking Kansas City Saints Super Bowl with the Saints winning the Super Bowl. I Well, kind of agree with you. Uh, but anyway, at least we can enjoy the playoffs this weekend. That Dallas and Philly are both out, thank goodness. Um, on that note, Brian Marbach, thank you very much for calling in. Uh, this show is dedicated to you tonight, and we thank you all because without you, none of us are here right now. So, Brian, well, a pleasure. Keep as up the always. good work, guys, and say hello to the whole team for me and everybody in the studio there, Dan Cox and uh, the whole staff at WCWP. And thank you, Tom, and keep up the great work. You guys are doing great. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Bye, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that was the former host of Review and Preview, Brian Marbach, calling all the way from the Hampton Bays. Brian made that commute here every Thursday to yeah, host this I don't, show. I don't know how he did that. That's crazy. Probably a car. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it is time for Keep Him and Dump Him for the New York football giants. James, Kyle, are you ready? Yeah. Yep. Um, I will ask Chris if you can give your mic to James for this segment. Uh, so that we don't have to rotate. Um, Kyle Russo, let's start right to it. Oh, Eli Alicia Manning. It's tough, man. It's tough. Wait, wait, it's hold not, on. That's his middle name? No, that's, no, that's, his, that's his, first his real name. first name. Oh. Alicia with an E. I mean, oh. caught him right now, then. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Russo. This is, it's tough. You're on the hot seat. James, you go first. Keeping him. He's a veteran guy. Thank you. Not on that contract. I'm not keeping him. All right, so you'd go dump him. Yeah. All right. Completely disagree with you? I, how can you pay him $22 million? Well, he, you make him take a pay cut, which he's done in the past, and I you know, I think he will do that if he knows he'll be the starting quarterback next year. I don't know. And for, the, for those of you saying where does the future rely, there's bigger needs to address. Where does the future rely on defense? Why does it have to just be the quarterback? Because he's the signal caller, he calls plays. There's plenty of quarterbacks out there that you can draft in mid to late rounds that are late late round flyers. Obviously, Webb didn't work out. Lalletta didn't work out. But there's no issue if Eli plays every game. You put a team around him. The quarterback will come to you. The quarterback will come to you. Um, you know, it, it was very tough to replace quarterbacks in, in the past. It was very tough to replace guys like Peyton Manning. You know, I mean, it, it's not easy. John John Elway. It's not tough. It's e it's not easy to replace these guys. But. Um, I'm just saying. The future quarterback does not need to be this year, and all NFL fans need to process that. They need to process that information. It does not need to happen. If Dwayne Haskins falls to number six, I would be extremely surprised if Dave Gettleman passes on him because he preaches something, and he preaches, I'm going to take the best player available. And at number six, without any trades and moving up, he will be the best player left on the board. Jamon Brown. Resign. Give him whatever he wants. James. I'll drive him to the game every day. I don't care. We need to keep him. John Halapio. Gone. Over. Dumb. I, th- I think Dumb. he's overrated. Dumb. Yeah, I'm agreeing. He only played two games last season. We need a durable center. We can't have another Weston Richburg. We need a guy that can play. I'd keep Spencer Pulley as a backup offensive lineman next season. 
And, you know, I really think we need a center, and this is something we need to address in free agency or in the draft. Speaking of which, Spencer Pulley. Keep as a backup. Did you read my mind? Mm, I, I, just, I, I just said cool, that, you so just, you read my mouth. You were High of ears. Yes. Welcome back, Kyle Russo. Thank James. You. I'm keeping him as a backup. I don't want him to start. Excellent work, James. Thank uh, you. Cody Latimer. Keep. Keep. Keep because of what he did in those last two games. He made two one-handed catches with his left hand. Yes. He can be a very viable number three receiver. Wait, let me go off. You're going you're gonna to base off a guy signing him back off of two games? No, that's that was his words. That's, that was my <laughs> words. That was Kyle Russo's no, words. No, but the guy never got the opportunity to play. I, I and what he, he did when he when he returned, he was good. Once, he was good, so we could always have him there too, especially for a team that can't. That we ha- how many punt returns did we go through this year? Four, a lot. five, a lot. And you're you're going to get him for cheap too. It's a low risk yeah, thing, especially because he got hurt. Out. You're going to get him for cheap. I was never Why really a big Cody Latimer fan, so I mean, maybe I'm just being a little biased. But would he? Would you like to have him as a Jet? No, you wouldn't really. No, well, he's he's the guy who cut Jermaine Curse and Andre Roberts, someone else. I forgot who we cut, but he's the guy who cut Rashad, Rashad, Rashad Matthews. Matthews. Like, that's so crazy to cut Rashad Matthews. I'm sorry we're going back to this. Um, Russell Shepard. That's tough. Uh, I, I would have to keep him. I have to keep him as a fourth-string receiver. He's gone. We don't need that many receivers. I mean, you got Odell, our top guy. Then you got Sterling Shepard. If you hit Latimer, you transition Ellison to a wide receiver. You keep <laughs> I'll, I, I'm making sure I'm saying the names correctly, but he, uh, he's gone. You mean Ingram to wider? Yes, Ingram, that's Ingram. what I meant. Allison as uh, bad, 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 bad idea because um, look, Corey Coleman was great this year. Benny Fowler was good. Um, I, I, I'm I'm in the middle. I'm leaning more towards keeping Russell Shepard. His special teams play was great, but. Um, we we need depth at wide receiver because clearly Odell Beckham was hurt this year. Um, guys are going to go through their injuries. You need a good list of healthy wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, Benny Fowler. Dumb. Yeah. James? Yeah, I agree. Not that he wasn't good. It's just unnecessary at that point. Scott Simonson. Dumb. Ew. James? Keep. 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 He scored his first career NFL touchdown. He was a great blocker. He was a better blocker than half of our offensive linemen. And he also made some big catches. And he wants to be a New York Giant. Do you know he's from New Jersey, Kyle Russo? I did, but we have to spend money this offseason. And we got to get everything as cheap as possible He's going to come else. back for cheap. Who's going to be your third tight end? Jarrell Adams is you no draft longer one on the With team. the 11 picks you, that you have. You draft one? With the 11 picks that you have, yes. With so you're gonna three re- fifth-round picks. It's not a need if you keep Simonson, Ellison, and Ingram. It's not Listen, a we'll need. See. We'll Why see. are you going to retrain somebody again? You, you, you were also the one that said Scott Simon's not going to make the final 53-man roster. Because I thought Jarrell Adams. Didn't you think that Jarrell Adams not making the roster was crazy? Don't don't tell me you didn't think it was crazy that he did not uh, make it. Fun fact, he made the roster, but then he got cut afterwards by Gettleman. That is true. Okay, Elijah next. Penny. Dump. We needed that moment of silence. Dump. Did mean, he, yeah, yeah. A fullback Dump. in this league is no longer necessary, as sad as it is. Especially with Barkley. And Ellison can fill in at times. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Uh, Corey Coleman. Sign him. Keep him. Absolutely, 100%. Oh, I agree with you. you you got to keep the guy. He was returning punts yeah. to the 50 Every beyond. Time. Yeah. John Greco. Keep. He could be our starting center yeah, until keep. we find somebody to solidify. Olivier Vernon. Keep. Dump. Keep. you got to keep him. Dump. You have to keep him. 
Why? I mean, he, he made the Pro up. Bowl seven sacks in ten games, but if you're only going to give because him ten games the whole the whole season and two and a half sacks came in the last game, you take away week 17, he had four and a half sacks in ten games. You expect he, that from an elite pass rusher? He was, he was hurt. He was hurt also last season. So, again, he's going to start off the 2019 campaign hurt. I guarantee you. He started off last season, this season, and I guarantee you. However, I do agree with Kyle Rosso's argument because you don't have a lot of pass rushers. Yeah, Why get rid of your best? You don't one? have anything. So what do I, you? I agree with it. There, Open up, cap. but you're going to tag Collins, and you're talking about spending all this money. You know how much money it's going to cost. Odell's extension comes into play next well, year. Well, Vernon is not on a con. I think he has um, he has a, 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 a contract option this season. So, um, but I, I put him on the list because the Giants may just decide to cut him. We'll see or trade him. Landon Collins. Franchise. Franchise. You got to keep the guy. That best player on the defense. Yeah. Uh, Josh Morrow. Dump. Just because I want quicker, more athletic defensive ends. Uh, we get to the quarterback faster. You're crazy, James. I would keep him. Keep. I, think, I think he has some bright spots. Josh Morrow was the third best run stopper in the NFC. Tom. Question me if I'm wrong. Josh Morrow was but, our best run stuffer. But in the preseason, we lost when Max he got Harrison. the four-game suspension, you told me, get rid of this guy. I don't want to see him put a Giants uniform on. No, Done. guess what? Gone. He came back. He redeemed himself. With one sack. It doesn't. The stats don't always matter, Kyle Russo. They do. No. They do. I couldn't disagree with you more. Pass rusher's guy who gets to the quarterback. Are we, we going to have like a ten-week argument on Josh on Josh Morrow now? <laughs> no, a lot of the players that we disagree with, we're going to have arguments till the next ten weeks until we see what we do with our eleven picks in this year's draft. I like Josh Morrow. I like I him do. too. I just don't. That's just extra money. I'm not we don't saying need to spend. he has to start. It's just extra money we don't have to spend. Olivier Vernon is also extra money we don't have to spend. That's oh, different. We don't have anything at linebacker. Okay, but your run 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 stopping is just as important as pass rushing. Jack Rabbit. Keep. Keep he shows yeah. signs of I want to see him next to Sam Beal. I need to see him next to Sam. W Webb. Gone. Sam Beal. Gone. Yeah, because of Sam Beal. Yeah. Yeah. And because he couldn't cover anybody. Curtis Riley. Gone. He has to. Gone. That stat that you gave me, he has to he go. Has to be gone. Most missed tackles in the, in the in the league. That that at least cost us. I don't even know how many games. Mario Edwards. Keep. Yeah. Yeah. Back up. Kerry Wynn. Better keep him. Better keep him. I this disagree. Guy, gone. This guy is taking cut gone. after cut after cut, taking gone. less money to be a giant. Kerry Wynn is. And gone. he's been amazing. Whether it was a special teams, whether he started for us, he's been fantastic. It's between Morrow and Wynn. I'd rather keep Morrow over than Wynn. Wynn's been on the team too long and took too many fake outs. I think it's time to move on from him. Yeah, agreed. I wouldn't hate it if they kept him, though. Nate Stupar. I don't I don't really know. You know, what did he really do? Is it worth it? Again, 31 NFL teams that don't, probably don't know Nate Stupar. Well, 30 because the Saints, but, you, you know, you get the point. Aldrich Rosas. Oh, God. Better give him whatever he wants. You got to keep the man. If you don't, (laughs) give him whatever he wants. Yeah, just do it. You can't give a guy in his third, fourth year whatever he wants. Okay. When he when he makes all of his field goals, of course you keep him, but you don't. So let's give him a nine. Let's give him an Odell contract. James, you know what I mean, man. Just just get him. (laughs) Give him a contract so kicker will be satisfied and he plays for the Giants for a long time. This is review and preview, folks. Here on mywcwp.org. We are currently talking Giants football. Last Giant. 
Zach Diossi. I say keep him, but what I saw after Dave Gettleman did with like, I don't know if he's going to make the cut. Zach Diossi's also been the starting long snapper for the last 11 years. That's a much more significant role than Mark Herzlick ever had on this team. You don't know. Gettleman doesn't doesn't care about that. And that's what I hate about Dave Gettleman. He I know, but... It's, that's what I said. I'd like him back. It's not healthy I'd like for back. an organization. You see why him and the Panthers parted ways. He's not healthy for an organization. As good as moves as he can make, he's not healthy. This was a desperation move by the Giants last season because they needed somebody, and Jerry Reese was not the answer. I keep him. Yeah. You know, just, just the way he's he's been on the team. Zach Diossi, the second longest tenured Giant. 2007 out of Brown, a smart guy, a good long snapper. I keep him too. I'm just saying I don't think Gettleman is going to keep him. That's my that's my opinion. I just don't think it's going to happen. Completely. Di- who's who? Who is going to start at long snapper? Kyle Russo. I don't know. The, I just don't. The think reason why Gettleman. Aldrich Rosas made all these field goals this year is because you have a special teams captain. He's not just a special teams player. He's a captain, He's a captain. on the team. You're going to tell me you're you're not going to re-sign a captain who's going to sign for like a one year deal? We'll see. I just don't think Gettleman doesn't have any attachments to anybody. I don't think it's going to happen. He's gotten rid of plenty of players before that were long-tenured with their previous teams. He had no problem getting rid of Steve Smith. Had no problem getting rid of Josh Norman. Got rid of Herzlick, who was also a long-time veteran. The Giants Giants organization is much different from the Carolina Panthers organization. And if Dave Gettleman does not realize that, he better watch out for his rear end because he's out of here. We're going to be showing up to the gate. On that note, we will step aside for a quick break. That was good. That was really good. I enjoyed that. That was really good. Got some stress out. Got some anger out. When we come back, we're going to go over our team of the week and followed by the best NFL coach of 2018. Stay tuned. Find out what we have to say on that and our picks. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview. In honor of Bob Costas parting ways with NBC, one hour down, one hour to go. This is Review and Preview, folks, here on MyWCWP.org. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Chris Klimazewski, Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, James Montefusco. I miss doing that. You know, the Russo-Fusco connection. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, on that note, <laughs> uh, it is time for Team of the week um, and we will write these down uh, you know just wanted to bring up that uh, Syracuse did beat Duke this week and for that reason and that reason only they're my team of the week uh, they lost to Georgia Tech just two days prior on Saturday and to come back and beat Duke on Monday on the road um, not to mention Duke was 104-0 and at home in their history, being the number one, C, uh, number one team in the country at home. Syracuse does it without their best big in Dolezal, who only played like 12 minutes in this game. He got hurt. Uh, yeah, Duke was without Trey Jones. They were also without Cam Reddish. But their defense was excellent. They held a good three-point shooter in Jack White, over 10 behind the three-point line. And they absorbed Zion late in that game. Yeah, he had 35 points, 10 boards, and four blocks. But, you know, other than that, and R.J. Barrett, they held them. They held them. I mean, when your third leading scorer is Alex O'Connell, that means you're doing your job defensively. 
on these guys. You're making Duke look elsewhere for points. They held Duke to 36 points in the second half, combined to 49 in the, per- in the first. Battle was great. Ty's battle, 32 points, logged 45 minutes. Syracuse Orange, easily my team of the week. All right, I guess I'll go next. You know, whatever, Syracuse boring. But I will take the – whoa. That was great. I will take, I will take Tennessee, third-ranked college basketball team. I bet on them a lot, and they cash me out a lot. They have 11 straight wins. They're 15-1. and one. Their only loss is to Kansas, and they should book their Final Four ticket right now. Oh, is that Tennessee. a hot take? That's a hot take from Dawes. No, it's not a hot take. Round the 64, uh, Tennessee out. Anyway, uh, Chris. Probably not, but. I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets. Too Such a fraud. Huge. Why am I a fraud? You haven't watched a single Nets game. You haven't watched a single Nets game. That's not true. Anyway, Brooklyn Nets, my team of the week. Two huge wins on Monday and Wednesday. One against the Celtics, one against the Rockets. Wow. Spencer Dinwiddie has been killing it. Can you name their starting five? Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Allen, uh, Joe Harris, and um, Kenneth Freed. No. Kenneth Freed does not no, start. No, it's correct. It's, it's not starting. It's, it's, it's correct. Kirk's Kirk. Kirk. gets to start now? Yeah, you have no idea who that is. He's been getting the start. He was the first-round draft pick this year. Dawes, okay? Right, well, I can't even confirm that because I, I don't know. He was. He's from Latvia. Okay. okay. Congrats, you know your first-round draft pick. All right, keep going. Whatever. But, yeah, no, they played great. They've been playing great. They played great. Two huge wins over big guys in their conf- in their respective conferences, and they've just been playing overall phenomenal basketball. Kyle Russo, my team of the week is the New York Jets. You know they oh. they pulled something off that I didn't they'd be able to do, and uh, is get a reputable coach that has a solid resume, and that's in Greg Williams. I was very surprised by that. Very, I'm surprised the Browns let him go. I would have just made him the defensive coordinator, put it right back into that position. Because he seemed to flourish at that, uh, uh, where he was as the defensive coordinator for the Browns, but very surprised, happy for the Jets finally putting something together that's uh, reputable and uh, and could be look uh, something to look forward to. So my team of the week, the New York Jets. James, it was a wild card, Kyle. Uh, I was stuck in between two teams, to be honest with you guys. Um, I'm going with the. L.A. Rams because they beat the Dallas Cowboys. How do you like that, Cowboys fans? That's, That's right. I think I think the Cowboys fans That's are right. laughing at you guys because they made the playoffs. So yeah, well, hey, we're, we're not talking about. We're talking about team of the week. Why are they laughing at us? The Giants are losers and they're not. Well, they're also Please. losers, but not as big. Dallas as settles for off, mediocre. How often do you get losers. into the playoffs, Dallas Cowboys? Oh, they they won and done, and they just fired their offensive coordinator this, today or yesterday. Today, correct. Today. But they're still in much better shape than the Giants. That is true. But yeah. it's not even close. But whatever. Yeah. I'm talking about Dallas. Yeah. The Rams. The Rams. There you go. I like it. Good win. The Rams get their first playoff win in a while. I believe since 2006 or two, it might be 2006 or 2003. I'm not too sure. But, uh, yeah, Sean McVay gets his first career playoff win. So those are our teams of the week, and rightfully so. Um, now, best NFL coach of 2018. Let's go. We will start with Kyle Russo. Uh, my coach of the year is Pete Carroll. They, he took an organization that looked to be, everybody was saying rebuild, their first-round pick, the running back at San Diego State, seemed to be a, a question mark upon viewers and football fans. Why would they take a running back when they need an offensive line? 
Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett was traded. Richard Sherman was gone. Cam Chancellor, neck injury, forced to retire. The Legion of Boom was completely gone. And this team competed all the way into the playoffs. In the wild card, played Dallas, lost in a crushing defeat. But my coach of the year is Pete Carroll for taking this team to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, James. I am going to go with Sean McVay. He's done excellent work with this Rams team as so far. Um, I He has a very bright future. Him and golf click very well together. Um, he he he's very act he's very active on the sidelines, which I like to see with a coach and a young quarterback to talk and communicate. And he's led this team to success. And we'll see if he it continues on Sunday. Chris, I'm gonna go. You guys ready for this? Anthony Lynn. Mm. Anthony Lynn, my coach of the year. This is the best Chargers team we've seen in a long time. Philip Rivers had a phenomenal. Melvin Gordon was solid on the round. Even Austin Eckler played good as a backup. Don't mention. Don't forget to mention the wide receiver play from Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Both played phenomenal all year. And even on the defensive side of the ball, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa are two solid guys you want at your defensive end positions. Now I know they lost Jason Verrett, Jason Verrett at the beginning of the season, but you know even without him, and he's a he's a top notch corner in this in the NFL. Derwin James, he's up for Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Casey Hayward played all, played great this year, so I'm giving it to Anthony Lynn. Mike? I'm going to go with the obvious one, Todd Bowles. No, I'm going to go with Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they're back here again in the Final Four, and Drew Brees, 6-0 and in playoff games in the Dome. I fully expect them to get back to the Super Bowl. So, Sean Payton, my coach of the year. So, um... Before I name mine, the honorable mention for me is Frank Reich because he was a first-year NFL head coach, and he won a playoff game, bringing a team from 1-5 and five to 10-6. and six. But my coach of the year is Matt Nagy, um, also a first-year guy for the Chicago Bears. Despite losing a playoff game on a missed field goal, something he really didn't have control of, um, the Bears went 12-4, and four, guys. I repeat, the Chicago Bears went 12-4. and four. It wasn't just because of the move to Khalil Mack. Matt Nagy had a really strong development in Mitchell Trubisky this season. He was the X factor in this Bears team having success. They could easily rely on backs in terms of Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Mitchell Trubisky lost his starting tight end before the season even started in Trey Burton. Not saying he was anything special, but he was dealing with adversity from week one. Trubisky also missed a couple of games this season. You look at a couple of games that the Bears lost, one of the games they lost was to the Giants when Chase Daniel was starting. Matt Nagy had a huge huge impact in the Chicago Bears making the playoffs as a three seed. Again, honorable honorable mention is Frank Reich. On that note, we're speaking of coaches. Uh, that will segue into our next segment, the coach hirings. Last week we talked about some of the head coaches that got hired, but the two this week, uh, Brian Flores from Miami, uh, New England Patriots current linebacker coach, at least for now, until they either win the Super Bowl, lose or make their exit, um, and soon to be, of course, it's looking like Zach Taylor for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I know we spoke about Flores last week. Very mixed views on this. I think more negative than positive in terms of people on the show. But let's recap Flores quick since Kyle, Kyle Russo is here, and then we'll move on to Zach Taylor. Uh, Mike, 
I want your thoughts on Flores because he was really one of the only defensive guys that were hired, and you don't really see many linebacker coaches being promoted to head coach nowadays. Yeah, and, you know, especially with the, the way the uh, league's going, all these offense coordinators, quarterback coach. I mean, we just talked about the other coach, Zach Taylor. We'll get a job. Rams will you off guard, right? Yeah, quarterback coach. So I like it, you know. And the Dolphins, I would say they're more known for their defense right now than offense. You know, it's all pretty bad. But, I mean, I hope it doesn't work out because, you know, Jets fan. But I don't know. We'll see if a, uh, a Belichick disciple will actually succeed here this time. Yeah. I do agree um, with that. I think that a lot of Belichick disciples have not fared out well. Uh, Belichick, a disciple of Bill Parcells, also Sean Payton as well. Um, not to mention, I think he is the third biggest coaching tree. I think the other two are Bill Walsh, and then there's one other person. Uh, I can't exactly remember. Um, but Matt Patricia. Um, sure. Kyle Russo, thoughts on Zach Taylor? I know it's not official yet, but that's what it's looking like right now. He was the he's the Rams QB coach, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I mean, I really have no opinion on it. Uh the Cincinnati Bengals and the and the Miami Dolphins like we were just talking about, they seem to me teams that are in the rebuild stage or or beginning to move down that path. That won't be good next year. Yeah, it won't be good. And, and these just look like interim coaches that might be taking a hit and just are the are the are the guys to stand by and take the hit and then allow them to rebuild. I don't know if they're going to necessarily be there after this next upcoming season. See, what I think is, I think I think Zach Keller is good. He's a great QB coach. But I feel like he should have went to a team with a young quarterback or that's deciding to get a young quarterback, whether he, be, he is the head coach or the offense coordinator. You're going, he's a good offense, uh, he's a good QB coach for Jared Goff and the Rams. So, I mean, I feel like if you go over, if you're going over to Cincinnati, Andy Dalton is... Andy Dolan, he has X amount of years left. He's not he's not young. He's not and he hasn't really shown it shown his stuff in the past couple of years. So I feel like he should have went to a team like and I'm not saying not saying but like being the offense coordinator for the Jets, going down being the O C for the Cardinals, maybe even playing going over for uh the Ravens as well. Someone with a young someone who has a young quarterback and still needs to help them that guy to develop and Zach Taylor can be that guy. I mean Look, I'm not going to shy over the Bengals signing him. I like Zach Taylor a lot, so I think it is a good signing, but I think it's it's not a good choice for Zach Taylor to go to the Bengals. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. To be fair, though, that. he didn't have many options because he was not replacing John Harbaugh in Baltimore. Well, yeah, no, 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 as the head coach, but maybe like as the OC, right. maybe. That's what I was like I saying, get, like yeah. going over there. Well, when it comes down to like the whole rebuild phase, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's why Cincinnati hired maybe. him because they're looking to get rid the of him. The problem I have, maybe. I understand why he got hired because he's connected to Sean McVay, but still, you, people don't understand there's – there's a different uh, responsibility that you have being responsible for, you know, a couple of players and then being responsible for the entire team. You can't just focus on the offense. You need to focus on defense and special teams, which is why I don't necessarily like when guys who are not coordinators just get promoted to head coaches. Even then, the transition from coordinator to head coach, more times than not, guys, it doesn't pan out. There's only a select few that are head coaches for a long time. You look at Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin. I'm pretty sure at this point those are the three longest tenured remaining coaches. Andy Reid and Ant. Well, for been like the for same like 20 years. Yeah, but yeah. for for like the same team. Oh, same team. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, one one step ahead of you there. Uh, but yeah, no, I got I get the point. 
this is something that needed to be done, and you know, good for them. All right, let's review the divisional round. Um, first game that most people here in the studio picked incorrectly: uh, the Chiefs over the Colts. You know, we weren't doubting the Chiefs. It's just we thought the Colts were better. You know, they were really riding the hot hand. And to see the Chargers go in and beat them, uh, you know, I honestly thought Kareem Hunt missing him was going to be too much. But, again, prove this wrong here in the studio. Uh, the Chiefs win this game uh, by a pretty big margin, too, 31-13. to Vinatieri was awful in this game. Yeah, He missed a field goal. He missed an extra point. What could have been this and that. Um, Mike? You were the only person here that picked the Chiefs to win. Kyle Earhart picked them to win as well, but 42-40. to 40. Um, Clown. Mike, you picked the exact point total that the Chiefs had, 31. Of course, I mean, I'm not surprised at all, even though my surprise face. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of you guys went the underdog. Surprising. Kansas well, City they were the only – look, my mindset behind it was I thought one underdog was going to win this weekend, and out of the four – thought the Colts had the best shot, so I kind of rode with them because I didn't see the Cowboys, Eagles, or Chargers winning this weekend. That, uh, that's my yeah, all four favorites won this week. Yeah, Crazy. which is good for the for the league. You, you know, you like to see the top teams. I believe it's one and two seed versus one and two. In each. Yeah, yeah. You don't Honestly, see that guys, often, I don't think so. At least Andrew Luck looked lost in this game. The whole Colts offense. I mean, they had no first downs until their under two minute drive in the first half. I believe. Embarrassing. It was bad. They were bad on both sides of the ball. The Colts' defense yeah, had no answer for Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, or Tyreek Hill. Even without Kareem Hunt, it looked like they had Kareem Hunt and then some more with the way they were playing offensively. And Mahomes only threw for 278 yards in this game, but still, it, it was not even close. Yeah, they right definitely, from the get-go, uh, the Chiefs just dominated. Like, yeah, and the reason why Mahomes didn't you know, throw for crazy yards because they were up. They, they didn't have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They started running the ball, and Damian Williams has been really good. He has. Really good. He has been He's really helping fill in that Kareem Hunt void for sure. Yeah, you know, kind of like what guys have done in the past, whether it was for Jamal, Jamal Charles, guys like Spencer Ware, um, Charkandrick West, those guys, they, they filled in nicely. They did? Uh, I'm not saying Damian Williams is the next Kareem Hunt, but the Chiefs dominated with their running game in this game. They made plays down the field when they had to, and overall um, – yeah, it just wasn't there for the Colts. I mean, they did a good job containing the Chiefs' defense, did containing Eric Ebron, which I think was the biggest question coming into this game, guys. It was the biggest question on can the Chiefs' defense do it? Also, the 36-yard uh, touchdown rush by Tyreek Hill. He's unbelievable. Cool. He's fast. I don't know if you guys noticed. Tyreek Hill, fast. Someone write that down. I'll note that. Yep. Yeah, someone write that down. I got it. All right, we got our um, stats department. And then Travis yes. Kelsey was the leading receiver in this game. Of course. No surprise there. No surprise. Um, and then Justin Houston with two sacks. D, D, D Ford was great. Yep. Uh, the last fumble, I think, that Luck had or something like that. Um, you know, they forced the Colts to punt a lot. Chiefs, rightfully so, advanced to the AFC Championship game. They were the most consistent team in the AFC this year. Them and the Chargers, I really think, were the two top teams in the AFC. Uh, and, of course, you throw New England in there. Sure. Um, Rams over the Cowboys. Now... A lot of controversy in this game um, in terms of who picked who. Chris, Mike, and Kyle Earhart all picked Dallas. You were wrong. Listen, it's not my fault. The you can't team, be right all the time. The team didn't play the way I thought they would. So technically, <laughs> I'm 2-0 so far. Jesus. I guess, I guess we're not 
What? No. No. All right, just put like Astros 2 and 0. But I mean, they they had the game except for the fact that they never had it and they gave up a thousand yards. They never yards had on the it. They didn't show up in the first half. Yeah. They were they were down 20 to 7 going into the locker room. Yeah, that's on behalf uh, of the defense though. Leighton Van Der oh, and Jalen Smith were no The defense was so bad. It was I awful. mean, CJ Anderson. They were an open door. <sighs> and the Ram, the Rams defense was great. They held Dak Prescott to 3 rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, they CJ Anderson was phenomenal. phenomenal. That weight he put on really helped them out, didn't it? Yeah, I was and like, who is this? Like a guy? bowling ball. Todd Gurley as well. You had two rushers over 100 yards combining for three touchdowns. This was great. And this is the method they need to use. Definitely. And as crazy as this might sound, CJ Anderson is the new Cooper Cup of this offense. How so? Here's my method of thinking on this security blanket a security blanket for Jared Goff that can catch the ball and also run the ball. He's hard to bring down. You know, he runs very low. For, he runs. He looks a lot bigger than five eight five nine, whatever he is, and this is the guy that they need to step up and fill that void for Cooper Cup if they have any shot against the Saints this weekend. But there were some arguments. Uh, yes, the Rams won their first playoff game since two thousand four when they beat the Seahawks. This is their first NFC Championship game appearance since two thousand one when they beat the Eagles. Yes, the Cowboys couldn't stop Anderson and Gurley. By the way, the 273 rushing yards, most in Rams postseason history. Goff did not have a great game. He, he completed just over 50% of his passes, uh, which leads me to the controversy as where Dak looked a little bit sharper. Clearly, Dak played better in this game, but who is the better quarterback out of these two right now? Dak. I still think it's Goff. I think it's Dak. I, and you'll see, obviously, when Scott Linehan is a – Awful offensive coordinator, Awful. rightfully fired. And any person that they put in that position will allow Dak to he, – he'll have an offensive-minded, a true offensive coordinator that will allow the playbook to open up and not just run around Ezekiel Elliott. In this game in particular, though, Goff really didn't need to throw the ball all that much. So you can make the argument, kind of like you did for Pat Mahomes, that Goff didn't really need to throw the football more as where Dak did. And – a game where Ezekiel Elliott really was not much of a factor. No, he was awful. He didn't well, show up also, at all. Also, they couldn't really establish a run game. Well, also, back to your Scott Linehan. I mean, you know, well, first, yeah. first down run, second down run, and an incomplete pass, and yeah, they punt. The leading receiver was Michael Gallup. That's on behalf of Scott Linehan. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I mean, as the, this Rams defense, I mean, as stacked as it is, when you look at it on paper, they, they have not been a solid defense this whole year. They haven't, but they showed up. You know, when you got two clogs up the middle and Sue and Donald, and then you have Dante Fowler in there, these guys are healthy linebackers like Littleton. The secondary was solid, and these guys, like, it was great. It was great to watch, and it was great to see Dallas eliminated from the 2019 postseason. Oh, you don't know how happy I was watching the game with Kyle Earhart. Oh, man, I was jumping uh, People were saying joy. Cowboys were going on the yep. Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Oh. I don't know what they got in I was hand, hoping. But you were hoping? Just, well, a future. Those dreams got shot down quick. Oh, they did. And, I mean, to lose on a, a golf run play was just, just the perfect ending to that game. And the perfect ending to a, a Cowboys plus seven better. Plus, Antoine Woods immediately going under in surgery for a torn labrum suffered in the game. So, you know, great, great. Uh Jason Garrett clearly on the hot seat next season because if you kind of don't get back to this point and you see the NFC East now improving, because obviously the Giants probably win more than five games next year, I would imagine. Uh, 
It's going to be a tough division next year. Yeah, no, it is. It's going to be a three-team race, I think. I don't think Washington will be a part of it, but they might surprise us. Yeah. Uh, will Garrett be gone after next season if Dallas does not make the playoffs? No. This would, I don't just, think so. There's a what, loyalty there. After what he just accomplished this season, and now in a new offensive coordinator, he's got a safety blanket of at least two, three more years. Two postseason wins in ten years? That's... Well, he's that, also Jerry's Kyle guy. Kyle Russo, is that excellent work? Going into that game, Dallas only had, what, two postseason wins in like 20 years? Since 1996. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, not that that solidifies you as a solid coach, and you should be a coach just for that, but as Jerry Jones, it's almost like a nepotism in a way. He has a loyalty to Jason Garrett where he won't get rid of him at all. He, and he doesn't even question, doesn't I even see think where the it. point is because Garrett has had Linehan for a little bit now, and, you know, look, the... the person I remember Garrett is as the backup quarterback for the Giants team that lost the Super Bowl back in 2000. That's how I remember Jason Garrett. Very smart guy, but I feel like he's more of a quarterback's coach than anything. Um, but, again, we'll see. And it was great to see his predecessor, Wade Phillips, on the other side running that Rams defense and beating Dallas, the team that axed them in advance to the NFC Championship game. James. A beautiful oh, thing. It, it really was. I'm sure he loved every second of it when the Rams were running up down the field. Uh, I just want to bring back a point to Jason Garrett real quick. Sure. Um, is that I think he has at least another year since they got a new offensive coordinator. But if they don't win more than a nut one playoff game next year, mm-hmm. he's gone. Fair enough. So, um, fun fact about this game before we move on. Sean McVay was the youngest coach ever to win a playoff game at the age of 32. Who previously held this record? Rex Ryan. Mm-mm. Damn. That's a good guess. Thanks. Is it somebody that's still Everyone coaching? gets one guess. Chris? It, uh, um, yeah, so is it someone that's still coaching? No. Oh, well, there it goes. John Madden? Correct. John Madden was the youngest coach to win a playoff game before Sean McVay. How old was John Madden? Uh, I think nine. Uh, pretty sure he was in his late 30s or early 40s at highest mid 40s because I I remember he was somewhat of a young guy when he led that Raiders team football yeah (laughs) a guy who invented all the fundamentals and techniques Um, let's move on to the New England game we're moving on to Sunday Phillip Rivers drops to 0-8 all time versus Tom Brady I will say before this game Chargers defensive tackle Brandon Mabane, a true warrior in this game after losing his daughter uh, a couple of weeks ago. That was kind of sad. New England actually honored his daughter before the game, which was nice, you know, especially for an opposing team to do that. Yeah. Uh, class act on behalf of New England for doing that. But, guys, the real story of this game, yeah, Rivers looked bad, but Brady looked unstoppable. Yeah. He truly looked unstoppable in this game. And, guys, he's been playing with an injured MCL all season. It just it just looks so easy. You're just lobbing the ball. Once down the, the playoffs come along, that's it. You know, James yeah. White has 15 catches. I mean, yeah, he had Sony like Michelle, three touchdowns, 80, 90 catches this season. White and Michelle are great. Yeah. Julian Edelman becomes the second leading receiver for in New England postseason history. Gronk only had one catch, but it was a big catch. You know, it's crazy to think. Well, I don't know why we even thought at the beginning of the season that the Patriots this was their bad year. You know, we consider this a bad year for the Patriots, and they're in the AFC Championship game. Must be Senegal. They've made the AFC Championship game nine straight years. Oh, yeah. 
eight or no, it, it's it's definitely seven because the year after the Jets beat them in the playoffs, which I believe was two thousand ten. Great game, two thousand ten. No, yeah, it's definitely seven because Peyton Manning is the only quarterback to beat him in the AFC Championship. Guys, game. even Rex Burkhead got a piece of the pie getting a touchdown. I mean, this was just great. This was, was just, great to watch if you're a New England fan. This was embarrassing. Uh, yeah, for I was Philip Rivers. Yeah, I was like, just shocked. Really. This was like because that because in my opinion that was guys it. as silly as this might sound. Should the Chargers have stayed on the East Coast after beating Baltimore? I think it was silly to go back to the West Coast. I really do. I think that did a lot of wear and tear on them. I really think it did. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Tom. I think a few of these teams that have to do East-West Coast trips with, within a matter of a week, if not less, you know, during yeah. the regular season, yeah. I think I think the either the NFL has to figure out, like, Something or these teams have to figure out something. Either you, you use the other team's facilities because I know I know that's part of the game, but you're putting too much wear on these guys that you you expect more of a competitive game than what right. This really was is. not a good game for Philip Rivers. He completed only 25 out of 51 passes. I mean, under 50 percent. I mean, look, bad. I mean, look, I got a simple simple uh, thing to do. That you got to win the win win your conference, win your division. It's that simple. Yeah, you, you no, get, that's... you get all the advantages you want. You win the you win your division. No, but uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. that's that's it for Philip Rivers because you know Patrick Mahomes. You know, is he going to be stopping anytime soon? I don't know. Well, look, I no. mean, I would like to see him go out with a Super Bowl. This was clearly on Philip Rivers because Melvin Gordon was clearly helped 15 rushing yards. At that point, you become one dimensional, and it just they ran the ball 10 times the whole game because they were down by so much. I'm pretty sure it was. Thirty-eight to seven at halftime. Th- Thirty-five to seven at halftime. They messed up at the end where they should have kicked it. They couldn't get out of bounds. They should have been up thirty-eight-seven at halftime. At halftime, the Chargers had five first downs and the Patriots had five touchdowns. It was crazy. Look, you look at the final score: forty-one to twenty-eight. And I like that point you brought up there: the first downs, the touchdowns. Forty-one to twenty-eight was the final score of this game. It, it, it was not that close. I mean, most of the points it was never the Chargers close. scored were in garbage time. They, it really was, and Brady now becomes 13-2 and all-time in the divisional round. A quarterback with 15 divisional round appearances is almost ludicrous. And then he's only lost twice in the divisional round to Jake Plummer and uh, Mark Sanchez. Yeah. But, look, Brady's won 28 career playoff games. You know that? Oh, I have a- I have a fun fact. Must and be nice. Peyton Manning has played in 27. That's the most playoff games another quarterback has played. Brady's won more playoff games than any other quarterback has played in. Wow. Tom Brady's the best ever. I hate to say it, but yeah. it's it's true. It's true. And New England now has 34 playoff wins all time. Only two behind the Steelers in 36. New England has done something in like 20 years that some franchises have, have done in a lifetime. Tom Brady has 20 Seven playoff wins. That is more than 27 NFL franchises. What do you think about that? Yeah, he's... Uh, he's the GOAT. He, yeah, he is. He is the good. The GOAT! Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I hate Tom Brady. Me too. <laughs> he, he, he... You hate him, but you also he's love him. You appreciate him. No, no, you got to be... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't love him, but you you, uh, you appreciate what he's, he's been able to do yes. for the league, and you know as a guy who got drafted very low. 
Yeah, sure. A uh, three-time cheater. I really appreciate it. I don't, it. I don't disagree with you there. Appreciate his yeah. greatness for what it is. Yeah, you don't know sure. if you're ever going to be able to see it again. Moving on. Uh, that'll set up the AFC Championship game next week. Uh, the Saints over the Eagles. The magic is over. The Eagles come out in the first quarter. I, I wouldn't say uh, looking too dominant, but they dominated the first quarter. Uh, and the Saints end up winning 20-14. to 14. You eliminate that first quarter, this game is a blowout. The Eagles showed up for like 15 and a half minutes, if you include the last that last drive. doesn't matter what you do the first, second, third quarter. If you, how you, you just need one play. And that was the one. Don't tell me for a second that you didn't think if Alshon Jeffrey caught that ball, they weren't going to score a touchdown and win that game. That's what I was thinking. As soon as Will Lutz missed that field goal, Philly's going to win the and game. And you kind of feel bad for Alshon because a second grader actually wrote a letter to him how they appreciate him, and everyone's bashing him. But, guys, it's a play. Mistakes happen. It's football. It's part of the game. It just wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to yeah. be. Well, I say the biggest mistake of that is rushing to the line and rushing a play before the two-minute warning because that was the That's play. True. Like That's the true. The clock was running, and they, <clears throat> they should have just let snapped it, go to it with the like 201. Breeze yeah. got picked off his first throw of the game, keep in mind. And yeah, he the had ability, The ability to come back after yeah. that and basically have a flawless game from that point forward. Uh, That's why he's the boat. Michael Thomas was insane as well. You know, you look really at good. a team that – Alvin Kamara and Marvin Ingram had decent games. They rushed for 71 and 53, respectively, so well over 100 yards. But, you know, you look at Michael Thomas, he was really the only receiver that stuck out to you. Uh, and then Marshawn Lattimore with the two picks, of course. Um, Eli Apple had a decent game. Um, a lot of Ohio State going look, on here. Eli Apple may get a Super Bowl ring before Odell Beckham Jr. Of course. You realize you're knocking your own team, though, right? I mean, look, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I hate to say it, but, you Listen, know. Listen, Apple left, and I think it was a bright spot for him. He got that media out of his face. Right, and Apple Day keeps the doctor away, yeah. so, you know. Well, let's put this to you, you know, Eli Apple on the Giants, not good. Garbage. Eli Apple on the Saints. Still garbage, but super Going to the Super Bowl. I mean, the two are the two connected? Big upgrade, we don't know. guys. Big upgrade. Uh, do the Eagles re-sign Foles, or do they let him walk? They should absolutely 100% sign him. Without a doubt, whatever you have to do, you have to sign him back because you don't know what Carson Wentz is going to be able to do. He obliterated his knee. Yeah, his ACL is going to want to be a backup forever. Broke a vertebrae. I don't think he cares. Uh, the guy wanted to get out of football two years ago. He, he's coming off a Super Bowl and could have been NFC Championship game if it's for one catch. Look, I, I, I'm not saying I disagree with you there, but, I mean, a lot. Of, Brett Favre made a comment that long-term Foles is better for the Eagles than Wentz because at 30 years old, you know, he hasn't played all that much. It's, he it's was the true. backup for the Chiefs for a while, but, you know, he fits the Eagles system and Wentz is hurt all the time. So is all this a point where you use Wentz as, like, a tradable asset? I mean, yeah, you look Carson Wentz, oh, he should be the future of the franchise, but look, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes he's a great player, but it's not meant to be with a certain organization. I think Wentz can do much better. Uh, and be better off with another franchise because right now I would keep Falls over Wentz if I had a, if I had to absolutely pick between the two. I think I really do truly believe this. If Alshon catches that ball, they go into the NFC Championship game and they've already beaten the Rams before. They could be very well in the Super Bowl again. And then I think it becomes even harder to choose Falls. Fun fact: Wentz over Falls. Fun fact: Kyle Russo. Yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> but at the end, listen. At the end of the day, all these rumors surrounding Nick Foles and going to the Giants, why? Because he's a proven quarterback in this league. Yeah, but he, again, you're moving from a system to another system. 
No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. He's just. It's. It's. He's a guy who's proved a lot, and to not be resigned by the team that he has done extremely well for, got that first Super Bowl for, won a Super Bowl MVP, and to not be resigned is tremendously. So the Saints advanced to the NFC Championship game, guys. What was the biggest takeaway from the divisional round weekend? The Big, uh, biggest takeaway. Home teams dominated. One statement from everybody: Dawes, Clem. He does go. I just said home teams. No, he won. He won. Maybe you should listen, you know? No, it was my bad. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Do not. It's Christian's fault. Biggest takeaway, you got to win. Got to win your division if you want to take the advantages. Hence the Chargers. Hence the, the, um, why can't I think of any other teams? Colts. The Colts. The Eagles as well. You can't, you got to win. You got to win the division if you want to win. Kyle Russo. Stop betting against Tom Brady. It's just not worth it. James. Okay, I feel like you're talking to me there. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk so much. Uh, it's a Ooh. fan base. Correct. To, to who? Um, my biggest takeaway from this weekend, my Super Bowl prediction is still alive. So is mine. That's my biggest takeaway from this weekend. It's really the NFL would love to see Brady Breeze. Yep. Because we already saw Goff Mahomes in the regular season. We want Brady Breeze as fans. And there's plenty of more years to see Goff and Mahomes. And, you know, I hate to bring this up to you guys. I will be rooting for New England this weekend. As will I. Me too. As will because I. Because it would be nice to see them lose in the Super Bowl. Well, That's no. why. Well, as, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, if you look at the eight Super Bowls Tom Brady has played in with Bill Belichick, Oh, close games. Yeah, and he's I lost love, three. I, love, I love me, love me a close game in the Super Bowl. I don't I hate blowouts. So if you, I mean, eight Super Bowls, eight close games for Guys, Tom Brady. Tom, I'll take it. Tom Brady has completed half a regular season in the Super Bowl. Ooh. <laughs> okay, again, <laughs> mu, mu, must be nice. All right, so let's let's uh, let's pick these games. Kyle Russo, uh, as you regain your composure over there, um, the two games this weekend we will start. With the NFC Championship game Sunday on Fox, 3.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the New, uh, Los Angeles Rams will be visiting the New Orleans Saints. The last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl, 2001, where they did lose to Brady and Belichick. Uh, the beef between Marcus Peters and Sean Payton. After the Week 9 loss, Peters said, Tell Sean Payton, keep talking. You know what? We're going to see him soon. Also, Peters tweeted, it's gumbo week, let's eat. Looking at the teams on paper, who has the edge in this game? I'm going to go ahead and say the Saints do. I think, honestly, the Rams do, and it's only because it's because of the fact that the Saints lost the defensive tackle, Sheldon Rankin, so there goes the run game. So now you have to now figure out a plan within a week to stop not only Todd Gurley, but now C.J. Anderson, because we just saw it against Dallas. They tore that defense apart. That was arguably one of the best defenses in the entire league. And now you're missing your best defense, one of your best defensive linemen. You're not a good run-stopping team to begin with. And now you have to guard not one, but two excellent running backs right now. Very hot running backs right now. It's going to be tough. I'm rooting for the Saints all the way. But it's going to be tough. Mike? Um, I'll take the Saints, and I think it'll be a little blowout. I think they'll cover three and a half. And, you know, Breeze... Being six and zero at home in the playoffs, I think that's, I think that's, that's a crazy stat. I don't think it's going to end at least now. So, you just score. 
Oh, score. I'll go. Uh, I think it's going to be a little more defensive than people think. I'll take a 27 20. Might be too defensive. Kyle no, Richard. Rich, are you going with the Rams? I'm going to go with the Rams. Final. 28-24. You talk about Anderson and Gurley, but you don't talk about Kamara and Ingram. Just saying. Hmm. But we just saw what what the Rams defense You talk about that. The Saints also have a better um, number one receiver. Not saying they have a better receiving core, but you have the two of them and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. I'd rather have that. Then Gurley, Anderson, Goff, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Josh Reynolds, Tyler Higbee. I just think Gerald that Everett. if you cannot stop the Ooh. run against this, they just put up 200, what, 37 yards on the Dallas defensive line, who's very good. And yeah, but Kamara and Ingram are clearly the better duo than Anderson and Gurley. Okay, I mean, but I mean, Rams, are they? this Rams D line just this Rams D line just stopped. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, who's I, one I of the do, best backs I, in the I league. do think they are because Anderson's only played, he hasn't played every game this season. Uh, and, you know, yeah, Ingram was out for a little bit, so was Kamara, but when they're together, they're really good. Nobody, Nobody's doubting that. That's why I picked it close. And I want the Saints to win. I just think at the end of the day it's going to be too much for the defense to handle. Are we going to see a lot of opportunity for Drew Brees to be out there on the field? All right, so, James, uh, will home field play a huge factor in this game for the Saints? I think it will. I think the fans are going to be behind them. After last week's win, I so close. I think uh, New Orleans fan, that dome's going to get very loud. Yeah. As it is, um, I'm going to go with New Orleans upsetting the Rams. Uh, I believe it's going to be a shootout with a high-powered offense, 43-38. to 38. Um, yeah, Chris, you know, I, we talk about the quarterbacks, though. I'd clearly have Breeze over Goff in this game, especially if you're down late. Um, you know, Breeze has kind of been there, done that, as where Goff is kind of untested, and that's where you kind of fear on the AFC as well, where it's Brady and Mahomes. Uh, who, do you, who do you have in this game? I got the Saints. I feel like this is easy. I mean, I give all the credit in the world to Sean McVay and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. But this, I think this offense. If you go, if you match it up off uh, player to player on their offense, Saints' offense is better. Defense, I think it's it's pretty even on both sides. But I mean, I th- and I think in, I think in the end the Saints are going to pull this out. Forty to twenty-eight. The Saints have allowed zero points in their last three quarters played. That's just a stat. I mean, yeah, it's also a fact. Yes. yes. Someone write that down. <laughs> a lot Guys, of things written down tonight. Last year. Chris brought up an excellent point earlier about home field advantage. If the Saints had home field advantage last year, they probably would have been in the Super Bowl. They probably should have made the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Um, realistically, if they beat the Vikings, I mean, you take away that last play of the game, the Saints are in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Much bigger test than the Vikings. Just saying. Correct. Um, and they're a better team this year. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead. I know Will Lutz has been shaky at times this season, but I'm going to say the Saints win it on a last-second field goal. Um, and the final score I'm going to go with is 37-34. Why? A lot of points. Why do I say a lot of points? Because I think the Rams go in up at halftime, but the Saints come out marching in in the second half, and they're points. really going to attack the Rams. They're going to come up with a better scheme, Sean Payton and them offensively. I think McVay... Mc, Mc, is going to have the edge in the first half, but Peyton and the Saints in the second half. 
they're going to come out and reach the promised land once again. I hope um, so, because I do want to see the Saints in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I do, too. Let me just make that clear. Yeah. I want to see the Saints versus Not Brady. I mean, that's really the only Super Bowl I really want to see, but right. at the end of that, I just don't know. All right, so Patch Chiefs, AFC Championship game, 6.40 p.m. on CBS. Potential lunar eclipse in this game. It's going to be freezing. Uh, Belichick, 29 playoff wins all the time. Clearly, I think this is game of the weekend because you have the potential league MVP going up against Tom Brady. Who wouldn't want to see that in the AFC Championship game? Um, people were saying, yeah, New England had a down year. If you look at record-wise, sure, you can say that. But this is a team take away Brady and Gronk and a couple defensive players. They're a lot younger. Um, and they came into their own late. You know, I think realistically, you look at this game, New England, uh, they're going to make plays in this game late. Again, you know, this is a game where it, it's expected to be 10 degrees with wind chills below zero. And fun fact, guys, Belichick has coached 342 games for New England in the regular season and postseason combined. Only seven times his defense has allowed 40 points or more. Three of those times were against Andy Reid. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely uh, does well. I think this is I think this is an easy pick. Uh, we will get to our picks in just a moment as Mike um, <laughs> trying to – I just wanted to – I'm so excited. I just wanted to bring up one question. Going to go 2-0 again. Is this the greatest matchup of the entire season? 100%. Including playoffs, regular season. 100%. 100%. No. I, I love the storyline here. Whoa. No, this isn't the great, the best matchup of the season. I mean, you guys forgetting the Chiefs-Rams game earlier this season? No, no, no. no. There's but not, this no, has more no storylines. Yeah, this this is the and, you know, this game actually matters. I'm talking about an ASU championship game. Yeah. I mean, that game mattered too, but, you know. Whatever. But, I mean, you got the whole Belichick versus Reed, the young quarterback versus whatever, air quotes, greatest quarterback. I'm ready. My concern is... Can the Chiefs' defense hold Tom Brady? I'm, I'm less concerned about New England's defense holding Pat Mahomes because Belichick is going to devise a game plan. He's going to see what Mahomes does well, kind of like what the Saints did against Fletcher Cox and the Eagles last week. If you look, when the Eagles played punt safe with their defensive starters, Cox would just stand there and not move. Peyton watched that on tape three times, how it didn't work the previous week against the Bears, and they utilized that fake punt to Taysom Hill that changed the, the momentum of that game. I see New England doing a similar thing this week where Belichick outsmarts Andy Reid once again because this was a Super, Bowl, a Super Bowl matchup 15 years ago, guys. Reid and Belichick are very familiar with each other. And again, this is such a tough game to pick, but can the Chiefs' defense hold Brady? No. No, no. because no, what, oh, no. what Belichick does best is he'll key on what works for the Chiefs, yeah. and what works for them is rushing D. Ford and and uh, Lamar Houston, Justin Houston, excuse me, and he's he's going to take them out of the equation. You take those those two guys out of the equation, and the Patriots are golden. And yeah. Belichick knows how to do that, and he does, he does it perfectly every single time. Yeah, you know, and um, I'll open the question up, this next question up to everybody. Um, if you're the Pats defense, who do you focus on? Uh, Kelsey or Hill, because, you know, you, you can't stop both, right? I think Belichick can. But this is a question Kyle Earhart wrote on the script. I feel like you gotta you got to key in on uh, Travis Kelsey more than Tyreek Hill. I mean, look, Tyreek Hill is great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you got to look out for both of them, realistically. Yeah. But I feel like Stephen Gilmore is having one of his best seasons of his career. and it's, that That matchup will be better to see 
and that's a more even matchup, I guess you can say. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kelsey, I mean, yeah, Patrick Chung's a great safety, but I mean, is, is he really gonna? Is he really the guy to cover Travis Kelsey the whole time? I don't. It's gonna be tough. But Kelsey is, I think, I think's the guy to key. I in think on. Kelsey's definitely an X factor. But realistically, you look at this game. I mean, the reason why I, I think the Chiefs should be underdogs is you don't have Kareem Hunt anymore. Yes, I understand yeah. Damian Williams, but Kareem Hunt did so much more yeah. than just running the football for this team. If you look. You know, the Chiefs are unable to keep their offense on the field at times. You know, they're really hurting on first and second down where Mahomes has to extend plays on third down and find guys like Travis Kelsey because you want to establish that early on in this game where New England has a clear edge with James White and Sonny Michelle guys. I think the running game will be a much bigger factor than a lot of people think. Yeah, we saw earlier in the season the Chiefs and the Patriots played each other week six, and the Patriots did win by only three points. They won 43-3. to They did. In the time, like you said, yeah, Kareem, beat him by three, yeah. Kareem Hunt was a huge factor in that game. That he guy, was. he had 90 rushing yards on the ground and 100 yards in the air. Nobody's scoring 40 in this game. And like, and you take, you're taking Kareem Hunt out of that equation. That's huge. That's a huge piece of your game. I know Damian Williams is playing good, but, I mean, he's no Kareem Hunt. Let's put this into perspective. Tom Brady has not won a road AFC championship game. Never. I feel like he's never had... Very few opportunities. No, Tom Brady. One and three. Tom Brady one is three. one and four in his last five oh. road playoff games. Um, I'm not looking into that too much, guys. I, I'm really not because at 41 years old, he's still doing it. And look, you you can write down stats on a paper all you want. This is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You know, stats don't matter with them. It matters about winning, winning. And I think this is a much different New England team than we've seen from the past. Kylie's pick, Pats over the Chiefs, 27-24. Saints over Rams, 21-10. On that note, um, all right, let's pick this game. Mike? Easy pick because at the end of the day, it's Belichick versus Andy Reid, and Belichick seems always, always win those type of matchups. So I'll go Patriots. Patriots, 31, Chiefs, 24. Kyle Russo. Chiefs third no not Chiefs Patriots thirty five Chiefs thirty one James Chiefs twenty four Pats twenty one Chris Patriots thirty four Chiefs twenty four You guys are going thirty I don't think it's even gonna get to thirty guys Um These are two gunslingers yeah, but I mean, you know, because this is the thing. Right. We Kylie brought a great question to be asked. Because listen, at this point, you, the only guy you can cover is Travis Kelsey because you can't catch Tyreek Hill. So you True. you have to live with that. So if you don't stop Travis Kelsey, you know Mahomes is going to put on a show because he's not going to be. It's not easy to stop him either. Fair enough. And then you got Damien uh, Damien Williams, who again, you're right, Tom. He's no Kareem Hunt, but the guy could play. He. This is going to be a cold game, and a good point that I've uh, heard many times is that linebackers, it's going to be hard to tackle this guy because he goes in with his head first. So linebackers taking those hits in the cold, it's going to hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah. New England 31-27. Uh, why? Because I, I, I think um, early on in this game the Chiefs are going to be held to field goals where they're going to be down a score like 13-6, 17-6 going into the half. They climb back into it, and I think they'll take a lead 
I, I, you know what? No, I don't think they're going to see a lead in this game. I really don't. You Saints, think the going to lead the entire time? Uh, maybe not the entire time. Maybe the Chiefs get a field goal early on. But other than that, I don't see the Chiefs having a league. It's not like last year because Jacksonville had a defense that was so dominant. The Chiefs don't have that. That's why Jacksonville was up last year. The Chiefs don't have that. The Chiefs have a young rookie uh, freshman, redshirt freshman quarterback in Pat Mahomes, second-year player. In their last matchup, one punt. One. That's Correct. Like 43-40. James, I applaud you for picking the Chiefs. If you uh, if you win this week, you, you will be rewarded on next week's show. Cool. All right. Wow. All right, so... On that note, let's get to basketball. Uh, the big news, guys, with 10 minutes left is the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they beat the Celtics early this week. They start chanting, Kyrie's leaving. Love it. Love it because, in my opinion, Boston won't even make the Eastern Conference Finals this year. It's going to be Milwaukee and Toronto, in my opinion. Why Toronto? Because they have a new coach. They have a new coach that I think isn't going to know how to win more playoff series, as where Dwayne Casey is usually a one-and-done one or two-and-done. Uh, why Milwaukee? Mike Budenholzer is going to win Coach of the Year this year. He really is. And Giannis is going to win MVP. You have a complete team over there. Brogdon, Bledsoe, Middleton, who's been an excellent player. Brooke Lopez, a veteran. Thon Maker off the bench. Tony Snell, who's been consistent. Throw in my man Pat Connaughton. And they just signed Bonzi Colson. Two Golden Domers from Massachusetts are now on the Milwaukee Bucks. And the, the bench is deep. Dante DiVincenzo hasn't played in like the last 10 games. Because they don't need to play him. They don't need to play him. This is a deep bench. But anyway, yeah. back back to the Nets. They also beat the surging Rockets, who, who are starting to beat everybody. Harden's going off, scores 58 points, and you still beat them. 145, 142 in overtime. James Harden had 58 points in that game. Fun fact, zero of James Harden's last 115 points have been assisted on. It's been all isolation stuff. Shoot, 13th career 50-point game. James Harden is the only argument for MVP, in my opinion, against Giannis at this point. But... Um, the real story here, guys, is the Brooklyn Nets. What is going on in Brooklyn? It's very, what, what is going on? D'Angelo Russell surprising. is going crazy. Not Chris, just him, but Spencer Dinwiddie. Didn't yeah, you Jared pick Allen something says. like 20-something wins for them at the beginning of the season? That's because I was really just hoping to get Zion at the beginning of the season. But look, I'll take this over Zion any day of the week. Chris, they already have 23 wins. Yeah, I know. I don't really care about what I said at the beginning of the season. I'm all for this playoff push that they're going for right now. This is They're playing for You hear this guy? Yeah, they no that, seriously. On a serious note, they'd easily be fifth, fourth seed if they had Karis LeVert the way they're playing. Exactly, Karis LeVert. I mean, I'm sorry. Right, right now, Miami is ahead of them as the six. Well, they're they're tied. Guys, I, I don't know how that's going to happen. Don't hate on my Miami. We'll Kyle it. Russo, I can hate on whoever I want. You will not. Brooklyn will be the sixth seed in the playoffs this season. That's fine. That's really fine. No, no, I'm not saying it's a problem. I look. This is they've been playing great basketball. Yeah. I think. I think you know what it real. I think it is. It's not – D'Angelo Russell has been playing phenomenal. Spencer Dinwiddie has been playing great. So has Jared Allen. I think it's Kenny Atkinson. Oh, Kenny, yeah. 100%. Kenny Atkinson 100%. is has developed this team into something that we weren't – that no one was expecting this season. And you, if you really look at the team outside of D'Angelo Russell, everyone who's a star or is playing good on this team was drafted no later than the 20th overall pick in the draft. And that, that 20th overall pick was Karis LeVert. Yeah. Jared Allen was uh, Jared Allen was drafted twenty second overall. Uh, Kurix was drafted in the second round. Dinwiddie was drafted in the second round. Ronda Hollis Jefferson was in the second round. All these guys, oh, Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson, have developed these guys into great players, and that's right. what it really is. I mean, beginning of the season, we weren't really expecting this from the Nets, but 
they're blowing everyone's minds right now. Well, they're down by six currently to the Orlando Magic on the road with under seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter right on cue. Um, look, I mean, look, you look at their starting lineup. You know, it's not great. I mean, it's Russell, it's Harris, it's Allen. But right now, starting tonight, Travion Grant at small forward. And he had a good game he against He dropped the, like 21. But, like, yeah. You have a bench in Damari Carroll, Spencer Dinwiddie, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Ed Davis, and Shabazz Napier coming over from Portland. And don't forget about Kenneth Freed. It's not bad. No, it's not a bad bench at all. You add Lavert back in addition to Joe Harris and Radonis Kurics. There you go. Good team. Yeah. It's it's Good solid. Team. It's solid. And who knows if this is going to be, you know, the, a possible landing spot for big free agents during the offseason. The that Nets could be. The Nets could, be. could sign two max free agents. My mm-hmm. one concern is you don't want to run into and I think Brooklyn has learned from that. You don't want to run into what you did 4 to 5 years ago. See, that was different though. They traded for that. I mean, yeah. this year you can go out and sign someone like a like a Kemba Walker, maybe a, a Tobias Harris, a Kawhi Leonard or even yeah. KD. I don't know yeah, if they are, see. but it's possible. Uh, the Knicks, look, I mean, they played in London. They lose to the Wizards by one point. I mean, the bright spots right now are Kevin Knox and Luke Cornett. And, you know, that's never a good thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a good thing five years from now, but not not, not right now. Knicks are 10-34, and 34, lost five straight. They're not going anywhere. Yep. I'm done with the Knicks. 30 seconds beef on that. We'll get to them once more once football is over. Golden State sets records Tuesday night. They score 51 points in the first quarter. Most points ever scored in the first quarter. Ten three-pointers, also an NBA record. Um, Warriors come back the next night to down the Pelicans, score 147 points. Curry pours in 41. This kid's phenomenal. Uh, Golden State, Curry, clearly the best three-point shooter of all time, moves up third on the list. Also, shout-out Kyle Korver from the Utah Jazz, moving up to fourth all-time on the three-point shooting list. Stephen Curry's done something in, like, 10 years that some of these guys did in, like, 15, 16 years, just saying. Best shooter of all time. Yep. Best shooter of all time. Small school like Davidson. Shout out to him. They're the one seed now in the West. Celtics come back from losing to the Nets. They down Toronto, which is big for them. Um, Irving, Horford, and Hayward. Hayward needs to solidify himself as that starting small forward can play all time. I mean, he scored 18 points against Toronto, which is a good sign. But you need that more consistently. You can't have this up and down play. You can't. I think Brad Stevens will find a way to manage Boston to at least win one playoff series right now with the way this is going, but you need more. You need more. Will Stevens find a way into the conference finals? He might. It, you know, it, it's really a three-team race, I think, with the conference finals between the Celtics, Raptors, and Bucks. I don't really see any other team. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see Philly, or I see Philly exiting in the second round like they did last year. Maybe Indiana gets a first-round upset. But other than that, nobody's making really much noise. Really, I mean, it's it's no, pretty yeah, much set yeah. right now. I mean, maybe Brooklyn wins a couple of games in a series, maybe brings it like it to a seven game, but you know, it's not it's not going to happen. NBA All Star game will be coming up soon next month, actually. So, man, already over halfway through the year. Uh, we pretty much just passed the halfway point a couple weeks ago. Biggest news in college basketball, um, Syracuse upsets Duke 95-91 without Reddish and Trey Jones. Good stuff. Uh, battle, 32 points. Jack White from Australia, junior, 0 for 10 in three-point range. Uh, Zion with 35. Uh, you know, again, this Duke team is probably set to go to the Final Four this season, barring, you know, some tremendous upset or some injury. Yeah, but Sy- Syracuse... To beat Duke like that, I don't care who you're missing. They're missing Dolezal. Oh, Huge you for them. 
You can't compare Huge. Phil Lazar to Trey Jones. Yeah, but I'm and, saying that's a big loss. But to trade, uh, yeah, but who is missing, guarding Zion? You, you got Syracuse is not a big pick. team. You got They're number not. one pick, number two pick, number three pick, and Trey Jones is a late first round. Just you, saying to miss those guys is tremendous. Well, look, to be completely honest with you, good chance they lose again to Virginia tomorrow. Nah, they will. I think. The, All right, I'm saying that for the show. I don't actually think well, that guys come well, on. Well, how about this take? I think Virginia, the top four teams in the country, to me, and not in any order: Virginia, Tennessee. And Michigan, those are easily the best three teams I've seen play. And Duke better watch out. You guys Virginia... laughed at me when I said last week Michigan will be number one. They still haven't lost the game. I think, yeah, we, I'm pretty sure Michigan? we did laugh. Yeah, well, probably. But you guys <laughs> did laugh last week. Michigan is beating that, right? up everybody and covering the spread every single game. Well, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they, yeah. And same with Virginia and Tennessee. And the biggest game tonight, guys. Well, it's currently in progress. Xavier against Villanova. That should be very interesting because you look Villanova right now. They're kind of getting back on track a little bit. Um, really like what they're doing, uh, even without stars like DiVincenzo. And we'll get a current score update on that Xavier Villanova game. Villanova up 13-8 to early on in the first half. Maryland beat Ohio State, by the way, tonight. Yeah, I bet on Maryland, so it's fine. Um, on that note, any final thoughts, guys? Well, Dawes, you want to give us a quick, like, 10 seconds on how you Kings are doing? Um, well, you know... This is just a general thing. I actually don't they know. They had so. a huge lead in Charlotte the other night. I bet on them. They blew it, and they ended up losing by, like, 20. It was disgusting, and they stink on the road because they're all, like, 19 they years old. They really do. Yeah. Um, they are a young team. On that note, we'd like to thank you all for tuning in tonight on mywcwp.org, Facebook Live. Thank you very much, Brian Marbach. And quick shout-outs here. Um... Chris Klimazewski, James Montefusco, Mike Dawes, welcome back. Kyle Rousseau, very much anticipated return on the show. Tune in next week for more sports talk. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Good night, everyone. Now we do it this time. I go for mine. I get to shine. Now throw your